again to the Coffee and Heroes podcast. Uh, it's time now for a little bit of previews. Uh, we have the previews books in front of us. This is going to be the July books for solicitations for comics on sale in September. Um, as ever, I'm joined by Keith here. Nice to see you boys. Hello, Roddy here too. Uh, it's been a little while since we've actually all sat around the table. Um, though you may not have noticed. Though you may not have noticed due to our meticulous planning, uh, these two boys were off on holiday. And, yeah. you know, not not together. Not together. <laughs> I'm envious to say. Yeah. Not that I wouldn't I'd know, to go enjoy going on holiday, holiday with you. Yeah. Yeah. That, would be, that would be an interesting experience. <laughs> you were off in Croatia, I believe. I was off in Croatia with my lovely lady. Um, so we, uh, we had two weeks in Croatia. Uh, flew into Dubrovnik, flew out of Dubrovnik and had two weeks backpacking around uh, the southern and central parts of the country. So we we saw Dubrovnik, which is where a lot of, I guess, in, in Belfast, everybody's in Northern Ireland, everybody's mad about Game of Thrones, but all the sunny parts of Game of Thrones were filmed in Dubrovnik. They're not filmed in Belfast. They're not filmed in Belfast, Jeez. no. All, all, the, all the wet, you know, Winterfell <laughs> parts are filmed in Belfast, but all the, the sunny, uh, deserty, you know, uh, hot parts are filmed. The, the glamorous parts. The glamorous yeah. parts, yeah. So we uh, we saw the old city there, and uh, we visited uh, Miette Island and Cortula Town, Cortula Island, and uh, some lovely wineries uh, in Lombarda and uh, Split, which is also a fantastic, lovely, lovely city. It's it's like the sort of stuff. It's out, a lot of the stuff is out of fairy tales, like yeah, it's really fantastic. Yeah. So some some real natural beauty, some real man made beauty you know ancient historical sites and uh really good wine really good beer um and really lovely people Very so exactly. i would i would yeah. highly recommend that we visit to uh, croatia if you get the chance lovely well i was in spain alicante for like a week um usually i'd be a bit more like keith um love traveling around but I was uh, requested to do a sunny holiday so my girlfriend wanted sun so it was but uh, not to say Alicante was quite nice. It had a lot of museums, a big castle, which is very cool. Um, but predominantly, it was drinking and wine and Lovely. relaxing by the pool. So I'm feeling refreshed and ready to talk about some comics. Good stuff. And I was in the store for two weeks. Self-employed doesn't get holidays. Every day is a vacation for me, so it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> when you love your work, every day is a holiday. This is true. This is true. <laughs> but what we did do is we did wait until everybody was back in the country to go and see probably the second biggest movie of the year I would say Spider-Man Far From Home yes and Game's already yeah. taking the title for biggest um, though I believe Spider-Man Far From Home overtook that first weekend release or that mm-hmm. midweek release that uh, Endgame had said oh really uh, yeah from what I understand yeah, like, it was it was that, that, that particular that, release a lot but, of that would be blowback from Endgame of course this is obviously part of the MCU this is it's essentially a direct sequel to the events of Endgame. You know, it's the first up, movie pick, after, yeah. Picks up exactly where Endgame left off. The end of this phase of Marvel. Yep, phase this three, yeah, phase three. So, um, yeah, I mean, there might be some light spoilers. We'll just have a quick chat about Spider-Man. We'll not go into too many spoilers, but uh, there might be one or two. So, you know, if you want to be completely spoiler-free, just maybe flick it forward a bit. But, yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I, um, I'm not the biggest Spider-Man Homecoming fan. I think it was okay as a mm. movie. Um you know my hatred of Iron Man is well documented at this point and Homecoming was Iron Man 4 featuring Spider-Man uh, this one, I believe we, we didn't call it hatred we called it unreasoning dislike um, I thought it was irrational hatred irrational hatred okay That's but yeah, as long as there was something in there that pointed out that you were in fact being irrational yeah well I mean you, know, you only have to look at Far From Home who, who created all the tech that you know was threatening the world yeah, yeah. So in 
<laughs> I know I feel I feel you completely. I completely understand, but I feel they do it really well within the confines of those movies. I hate it as like kind of a fan. Yeah. But within the the story and the structure, it, well, as far from home, I yeah. think you were always going to have a grieving process, and of course yeah. that's deserved. Other people know, die based as on the well, events, you know. But I just thought, you know, for the first third of the movie, that's fine. But then I thought once they go to Europe, maybe that stuff should be maybe just slightly left behind. But yeah, no, the Tony grieving. Yeah. Turns yeah. out Europe love him. But no, more. apparently Europe love Iron Man, but no other Avenger. You know, <laughs> it's uh, you know not as much, of course, as Tony loves himself, given that he left behind Edith, which was. You know, what did it stand for again? Even dead, I'm the hero. <laughs> uh, but I, I did make a bit of a joke on my Iron Man hitter, but I, I, it was no joke. I rolled my eyes as soon as we had to listen to that bloody song again as he was going through like creating the new suit and stuff. Um, oh, the ACDC? Yeah, it's just yeah. like, it's a Spider-Man movie, guys. Just please. Though, please. I gotta say, that, that moment where... Uh, there was a moment where Spider-Man was creating his own new suit mm-hmm. in the back of uh, one of Stark's jets with Happy Hogan, who is, of course, uh, Tony Stark's former right-hand man. And I will say one of the best um, parts of the movie. And mm-hmm. uh, there was just a moment where he was using Tony's... Peter was using Tony's holographic technology. And I thought that was the... the my favourite part of the new Spider-Man movie is they finally demonstrated the fact that Peter is a genius. Yeah. yeah. Peter Parker is, yeah. a, is, a, is a scientific genius. Yeah, I don't a, think they've ever really they've done never really any of the movies. Before, but no. But uh, he was using Tony's holographic technology to create his new suit, and in the same way as Iron Man did whenever he was when Tony did whenever he was creating Iron Man in the first movie, yeah, you know he created this holographic glove and he put his hand into it and moved. And uh, Happy sort of was watching him and just looking at him going, hmm. "Yeah, no, I'm going." <laughs> and Peter looks at him going, "Everything all right?" And he goes, "Yeah, everything's fine." <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was great, you know. So I thought that, but I mean, if that was all there had been. Yeah, that would have been, but it was yeah. I see yeah. What I mean. But nonetheless, well, nonetheless, I didn't let it yeah. temper man enjoy it. The movie it was just a lot of fun, moved at a very fast pace, great action stuff. Going back to what you're saying there about Peter being the smartest guy in the room, you know, it was one of the best lines of the movie for me. It was Mysterio saying to him, "Never apologize for being <coughs> the smartest person in the room." I didn't even slag off Fireman; he's choking over there. <laughs> but. No, as I say, I mean, Happy was one of the best parts of the movie. I, th- I thought he was great. He had the funniest line in the movie for me, which was where he tried to throw something like a shield. And he was just sort of like, how does he make it look so easy? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, for me, anyway, I really, really yeah, enjoyed great it. Movie. Yeah, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal was standout. Was, I thought he was fantastic as Mysterio. Yeah. Um, well, um, I mean, he was so good as the Mysterio, you actually question whether he would become... A well, yeah, I mean, I guess I guess the trick of it, the trick of it is, is that no... Is that no long-time reader of Spider-Man is going to be surprised by the storyline. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or so you think, unless Marvel is playing on your expectations as a long-time they reader. Did, they did try with... Because um, he was from... He said he claimed he was from another Earth. He claimed he was... Dimension, yeah, he was. Not, not so Earth they, they, yeah. Like, I had my issues with that. I had my issues with the reveal of it all, but I don't want to, like... Just mention all the spoilers, but... Um, I just I thought the way they done it it was a bit cheesy. He, he announced it and then went through his entire 
plot with you was a bit too much for me. Was it a bit but I love villain explaining <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, but I love the way they tied all the loose ends together off the MCU, like random characters yeah. here from Iron Man, wasn't it? With um, yeah, Jeb- there was Jeb- a guy who could shout it up by Jeb- yeah, like, they, yeah, they pulled the scenes it, yes. themselves were they good, were but the way yeah. they did it was a bit... Oh, it oh, was... It was very... Jebediah Springfield, I think I'm thinking of. But the way they did it was classic comic book you know what I mean it was mm. that that revealing the mm. villain yeah you know the only thing that was missing was you know Spider-Man sitting in a death trap while the villain explained exactly yeah, his plan word yeah. for word before he escapes yeah. you know um, but so I, that, I like sorry to interrupt um, I like the way he almost respected Spider-Man at the there was a lot of there was a lot of layers to Mysterio which yeah, I really liked yeah definitely yeah most most enjoyable um you do wonder if it's a one and done though for oh, you know Jake. the character. I love Jake Lux, so. I'd love to see him back. You but. don't want to reveal how it ends, but I do wonder if because you know obviously a lot of these guys that get tied to seven movie contracts and ten movie contracts, and maybe now the, these bigger actors, you know, the likes of Jake Gyllenhaal, can maybe say, "Come in and do one, and we'll see." Yeah, one. So you know one he could done. do one yeah. and done, like Michael Keaton as well, I suppose, yeah. with the yeah. Vulture. Uh-huh. You know, will we see him again? Who knows? Both members of uh, Sinister, Sinister Six. Six. I think so, Mysterio okay. could have done with a few. Um, do you know, like sh- the two shockers were in the first one. Mm-hmm. I think Mysterio could have done. I think it would have worked better if he had some like. Sorry to all the shocker fans, but like lower level schlubs to sort of like help him with his yeah, sinister yeah, yeah. scheme instead of like yeah. <clears throat> nobodies. But I don't know. I still really enjoyed it, yeah. and I loved the loved the soundtrack as well. It's really good. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was interesting as well. I said to Alan that you know you have. Or no, no. I said to you uh, yes. whenever we were sitting next to each other that uh, the the villains, you know, Mysterio was a special effect genius in the comics, you know, and he had a team of special effects guys, effectively, who were making him <laughs> Mysterio. Yeah. So whenever they were rolling the credits, you're going, "Oh, is that the special effects guys? You were playing the special effects guys." <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it was yeah, it was really Very good. Better. I mean, I love the callbacks to all the other earlier movies in the series, you know, and. And that, no, that those being the reasons why those those people were now doing those things now, you yeah. know what I mean? There's a real yeah. a real vibe of a of a living, breathing were, universe. Were, were they all doing this thing because Tony Stark treated them like shit? Mm-hmm. No, no. That's he indirectly affected them all. I yeah, think. exactly. <laughs> um, but I also like there was some callbacks to Captain Marvel in there, uh, you know, and some you know. So it was it was very 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 cool, very cool indeed. Yeah. Yeah. And then of course there were a couple of after credit scenes. Again, we'll not go into too many details, but I thought the, the mid credit one let out an audible gasp in the screen oh, we were in. Big style and a and a great introduction of a, a reintroduction of a great character. Yeah. So. Uh, so yeah, great. Overall great. I'm looking forward to a, a second viewing of it. Uh, maybe this weekend, if I have a free day in Dublin whenever I escape our festive season. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I mean, just jumping off the back of Spider-Man, as you were saying, um, with it being the end of this phase, Marvel have already booked a 90-minute presentation for San Diego Comic-Con. And they didn't even go last year, did they? Nope. Yeah, they so. haven't really done it the last couple of years, but um, they've made a point of saying we have a 90-minute presentation. So I There's a lot of stuff can be said in a 90-minute presentation. Yeah. So. so if I had to guess, you'll have official announcements, Doctor Strange 2, probably Captain Marvel 2, Black Panther 2. Um, there's talk of the Eternals, maybe Black Widow, Black Widow Asgardians, maybe. Asgard. Well, I don't know because Guardians of Galaxy three is semi-announced, but the thing is, James oh, Gunn yes, is going to yeah. do the Suicide, Suicide Squad, Squad for DC Warner First. Brothers. Before. We might be getting an actual version of Suicide Squad, mm. a good version. 
Even as we talk about more, we still have to go ahead and slag DC. He just can't help himself. Um, but yeah, it's interesting because DC and Warner Brothers don't have any any panel this year at all, which I find interesting because they could have done the James Gunn stuff with su- the Suicide yeah. Squad. They could have shown off Pattinson, you know, and maybe announced the cast of the Batman movie or shown off some Wonder Woman. Shown off Wonder Woman eighty uh, four. So they they had stuff to work Joker as well. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. But interestingly, yeah, they're doing none of that this year. But I'm really looking forward to seeing what you know, Kevin Feige. We implicitly trust at this point. So mm-hmm. I'm just curious to see what's next. Yeah. Got I mean, my fingers crossed. Shang Chi's on that list as well somewhere, isn't he? Shang Chi, yeah. the Master of Kung Fu, and they've been courting. Oh, they've been courting Keanu Reeves for something. Yeah. Um, um, and then there's also talk as well obviously of the the TV shows there's going to be a Loki show uh, WandaVision I believe uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier so there's tons to play with so I'm yeah, curious to yeah. see what we'll get there and then the other the other interesting uh, thing we've been talking about this week is uh, is the the prospective deal that uh, that Warner Brothers have done with uh, Bad Robot Bad Robot J.J. Uh, Abrams J.J. Abrams yeah, yeah. I mean, he's very much a franchise starter, universe builder. Rebooter, at least. Yeah, at the very least. So we'll be curious to see if he then takes on some big position at Warner Brothers, maybe with the DC movies. Yeah, I mean... Maybe they they just need someone to shepherd it. Just seems -hmm. seems like a... I mean, it it wouldn't be the first time we've seen a no-brainer at companies like Warner Brothers or Disney and gone, that's a no-brainer, and then it hasn't (laughs) been. But, you know, you've you've got a series of movies, you've got a franchise there, that really is without direction in the in the DC mm. extended universe, and you've got a guy there who specialises in rebooting franchises like Star Trek and Star Wars. Yeah. You know that that's a perfect match right there. Yeah, you know what I mean. So yes. interesting stuff, and I mean the the value of that that particular deal uh, five hundred million. million, yeah, mm-hmm. and you know the moves that Warner Brothers have made to decode Bad Robot by you know, as I say they requesting. That certain members of staff be, yeah, of Warner Brothers be ejected before they'll do the deal as a result yeah. of the, the Me Too movement and such. So, um, yeah, interesting. Could cool. be some interesting times. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Speaking of interesting times, how was Dublin? It was very good. Um, what were you at Dublin? For those that don't know, I was at the Dublin Comic Arts Festival in the Chocolate Factory. Uh-huh. Disappointing name though, because there's not much chocolate in it. But it is a lovely building. It is a lovely. Was there at least someone cosplaying as Willy Wonka running around? No, that's no. just disappointing. It's not. It's, it's not as you get. Not, no. <laughs> Could you not have just put on a little top hat? Yeah. Yeah. I could try it for next time if you want. Yeah. Um, Robbie's lovely hat. But yeah. <laughs> for yeah, it was in. Where was I? Lost my train of thought thinking about Willy Chocolate Factory. Chocolate Factory. (laughs) Uh, Good food, good coffee. Um, If you're down in Dublin, we'd recommend it. But I was there for the... uh, I think they hold it four times a year, the DCAF, it's called, the Dublin Comic Arts Festival. Um, So I was down there with Donna as well, um, Donna A. Black, who's an amazing artist. And there was loads of other like really talented, amazing people... Um, yeah, just slinging some comics, uh, mm-hmm. talking comics, having a good time. I had a really nice interaction with a kid who must have been the last time. I usually go to these things and they're like, it's a really nice convention. Everyone's really nice at it. Um, and the kid uh, kid came up to me. Um, I must have given him a leaflet for the soul of the sea. Um, I think he bought Tales of the Fracture Worlds off me. 
and he came up to me at like the start basically the start and he was like when's the soul of the sea ready and I was like uh, how great would it have been if you could have just read Spoon yeah. when, well you're my first customer yeah. <laughs> I was like well it's not uh, ready just yet and I was like you should speak to her over there because she's the artist so what you're saying is you know if it was up to you and it was just the script you're like I wrote this months ago kid but she's sitting over there I'm going to go help those artists no Donna's <laughs> awesome she's still waiting on me to just uh, do some touch ups to the final pages and then I think we'll have it done by the end of the month and then Sweet. send to the printers okay so got like I got a lot of good feedback from it I'm really excited to get it out into the world and get something new into the world um, how are we describing it in, uh, in 10 words in ten words, a folk horror mixed with a ghost story. Just say Lovecrafting as well. With a wee. You were on nine oh, words there. No. <laughs> Wait, comma Lovecrafting. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, her like if you haven't seen her art, just look it up. Oh, it's, it's absolutely yeah, unbelievable. Fantastic, like yeah. Dave McKean, everyone. Very lucky to be working with her. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Should be ready within a month, I reckon. So that'll be we'll have it ready for that kit but it was just really nice to have that sort of I've never really had that interaction before yeah yeah that was really kind of gave me a shot in the arm to be like okay this is what I'm meant to be doing after because I've been feeling pretty low about it for a while um, but yeah yeah I'm really cool. really excited for, yeah sometimes that's so, what you need just a wee yeah just a wee just a wee poke that's it. Yeah. We book. We ninety nine. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining us. All the, the other, the, uh, <laughs> yeah, all the worldwide listeners. <laughs> oh god! Anything right. happening on Twitter? Uh, or anything happening in the store? That well, people yeah, should know I mean, about? the store's just chugging along nicely at the moment. Um, got a couple of things in behind the scenes at the moment. We're still working on some. Nothing we're talking about just some yet. semi-exciting news that uh, we may have uh, be able to That's, announce um, the next typical comics. So. Typical mm-hmm. comics. Yep. It's like oh, I've heard this really so. exciting thing, but I can't tell you about it. Yeah, but we can't talk. It's about more. It. Um, yeah. I think comics are more secretive than like the CIA. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's classified. I can't tell you. Can't tell you what we're working on. You know, possibly. So it's, it's almost like. <laughs> <laughs> and this this week's previews Blade Runner we'll tell you about it in next month's previews <laughs> in next month's previews but we'll still have it on the cover um, but yeah we've got a couple of exciting things hopefully happening behind the scenes which we can hopefully elaborate more in the coming month um, but yeah interestingly enough we were uh, I was sitting in the store earlier and a little uh, alert came up on my phone for Twitter and it was actually one of our regulars Kaelin he had put a um, a little tweet up to Tom Taylor and I um, guess I guess this all makes a lot more sense if you've listened to our last reviews podcast absolutely so yeah we, our last reviews podcast was an emotional one I'm still uh, you know getting over it uh, thanks to friendly <laughs> Spider-Man 6 if you want to hear three grown men crying about a comic book on a podcast <laughs> that's the podcast we have a podcast <laughs> for you um, but yeah Killen he, um, he was nice enough to stick a tweet up he'd obviously listened to the podcast and he put a little tweet up and tagged Tom Taylor in it saying you know you want to hear how people feel about this issue listen to the end of this and uh, yeah bless him he, uh, he responded to it going like oh guys that's amazing to hear how much you enjoyed it, it means a lot it's very kind of you to say you know best issue of the year and stuff and he was all very cool and was like you know I don't like to play favourites but you know that was a special one um, so yeah it's just it's nice to know that you can sort of reach creators like that through this through this medium and he's whenever one of the top top writers at the minute oh without a doubt you're doing alright so. yeah without a doubt the, yeah. um can't remember the name of the artist off the top of my head. Juan Cabal. He, Juan Cabal doesn't have Twitter, does he? No, so. he. Um, I have 
done like a hashtag for him a couple of times just so people you know, yeah. know to talk about yeah. it but but yeah it must be stressed you know the, the reason that issue was so good it was a perfect culmination of yeah. art and words yeah. you know it was it yeah. was just a great great issue so um yeah if you want to hear a good 20 minute conversation about that you can check out the reviews podcast from, uh, <laughs> from last month do you still have any copies of the there's well, a really nice second or third print second it, print yeah the second print is like a, it's almost like a Hollywood poster or something and now spider bite I have ordered a couple so there's a couple coming next week cool. but the trade is out tomorrow we're recording this on a Tuesday night um, obviously after just sorting the delivery out today and the trade is out tomorrow so ah, cool. you know it's uh, start of July so if you're looking for a good read can't recommend that highly enough and thanks to both uh Kaelin and Tom for the support indeed yeah, well indeed, that's indeed. that's nice to hear like that's really cool I have to say for, yeah. for us so, so this is going to be our last podcast because we've now reached the peak of the mountain <laughs> um, no we're only joking but let's let's talk some comics let's talk some previews um, yeah we've already we've started doing a, a few different things with the uh, sticking them on the board in the store obviously the previews books are always in the store if anybody wants to have a little flick through um, at their own leisure but uh, this is just us going through what we think are, is sort of the best of the best of the previews and picking out a few bits and pieces. So yeah. we're gonna start off with the biggest bad boy of the month. Uh, oh, you, you don't say, <laughs> Roddy McCants. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm talking about that large previews book rather than Roddy, but you know what? It, I think it works. He's a big bad boy. The big bad boy for the big bad boy. Um, so yeah, cool. we're gonna go through yeah. the previews one first for all of the indie titles. Um, so talk to us. Full disclosure, I'm going to wing it. <laughs> we did just find out that Roddy's <laughs> middle name is winging it. Uh, yeah, so it kicks off there just very quickly to say there is, um, as well as free comic book day every year, there is a second event which is called Halloween Comic Fest, mm-hmm. which is always um, a day in October where free comics are again given away at stores. Uh, but with a emphasis on horror. So they're starting to preview some of the, the titles for it. Uh, there is some good stuff. The official date is October 26th this year. Uh, but there's some good looking titles there that we'll, we'll have in store. Things like Deceased, things like Dark Red from Aftershock Comics. There's um, a Lady. few things for kids as well. Yeah, the it looks like an all ages thing. Yeah, Swamp Kid. Junior High Horrors. Yeah, so again, so. keep it. We'll obviously advertise that a bit more closer to the time, but. Just something to keep in the back of the mind is uh, Halloween Comic Fest in October. Yeah, so, uh, yes, full disclosure, I'm winging it. I'm sorry in advance. But He's still on holiday mode, bless him. My, uh, my picks are not on the board, so they will be up. I'm going to make them as I do this. So. <laughs> He's going to fold some pages, I think. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I guess we'll just get straight into it. We're going to Image, as always, first. And the first thing, turn the page, we have something really interesting, something called November Book One, brackets of three, hardcover. This is quite an interesting format I haven't really seen in comics too much. It's not often they announce one of three and it's, you know, full-size graphic novels. Yeah. And it's an early solicit I see there as well, this is actually not until November. But the Uh, thing that catches your attention, well, catches my attention for this is the writer, which is Matt Fraction. Uh, he of the greatest Hawkeye run of all time um, and also Sex, Sex Criminals, Criminals as yeah. well with uh, Chip Zdarsky our good friends currently known as Marvel's best writer 
and Matt Hollingsworth on colours is always a great shout um, but yeah November comes out November 6th which is interesting 80 pages for a hardcover is quite an interesting thing so I don't know what I don't know if there's going to be some extra stuff in there it's it's really like we're we always kind of talk about the image just being really ballsy with their formats and just doing whatever they want if it fits the story yeah i think that's really cool the art looks pretty interesting i have to say that's the first of a mm. sequence of three graphic novellas yeah. yeah um so the lives of three women intersect in a dark criminal underworld as fire and violence tears through their city over the course of a single day and night they find that their lives are bound together by one man who seems to be the cause of it all. One night, one city, three women. Pretty cool. cool. Yeah. Um, if you I, like Southern yeah. Bastards, you'll like November. Yeah. I just like Southern Bastards. I want Jason Iron to go back to writing. So, also Crime Noir. Busy at <laughs> as we'll get to. Later. Not for much longer. <laughs> so, I think I might pick that up because I always, I always like things that um, happen in a single day. I really like stories that are told like that um, yeah the art, art looks really interesting I have to say so then we also have another one probably the second biggest one of the month SFSX Safe Sex which if you're one. done with the kids these days is abbreviations for Safe Sex uh, I was thinking SSX tricky you know like the old, the old game <laughs> how disappointing Showing your ears there. <laughs> um, so this looks interesting uh, I think you probably know what you're going to get with that title um, notorious kink writer Tina Horn teams up with artist Michael Dowling what a great Dylan. name for a kink writer <laughs> um, teams up with my artist Michael Dowling he's done Unfollow Death Sentence for SFSX a social thriller about sex love and torture that reads like sex criminals in Gilead Gilead crossed with Ocean's 8 with a sunstone twist um, yeah cool uh, in a draconian America where sexuality is bureaucratized and policed a group of queer sex workers keep the magic alive in an underground club called the Dirty Mind using their unique bondage skills they resolve to infiltrate the mysterious government pleasure center free their minds and fight the power man who said comics are just for kids yeah so what I will say about that one is that is at the bottom, image always do this little thing of if you like this, you might like this. This is not a title that instantly makes me think saga, but apparently it says if you enjoyed saga, you'll enjoy this. If you like the social implications and boundary pushing plots of Pitch Planet and Saga, you'll love it. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, um, it's definitely these, these two are one to actually come into the store and have a look at the art because yeah, there's plenty of preview pages. A lot of naked bodies in the safe sex one and blacked out yeah. private parts. <laughs> So yeah, there's also the fantastic Battle Pug. Battle Pug, no interest in it, but the yeah. title's fantastic. I mean, why do I think this is going to be on the board for Roddy? <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know if it is. <laughs> uh, however, if you like shirtless bear fighter, it which is, it is Conan on the back of a large yeah, pug. I mean, what do you need? It could be a small Conan. We don't on a regular size pug. We don't really need to talk about it more. But Battle Pug has a basket on it's his. Exactly what it says in the tin. Yeah. So he has a basket on him, and he has two smaller dogs in the basket on his back. This looks pretty hilarious. If you could like be a bone esque title uh, do you think or are, you, are we going too, too high with that you're, invo you're invoking one of the holy holy books there I'm just going to forget you said that <laughs> <laughs> if you like the charm and humour of the original Battle Pug so if you're already a Battle oh, Pug right. fan it's, you're good to go so why is it number one 
don't know. Must be a new volume or a reimagine. Same dog, new tricks. Interesting. Oh. That's what it says there. Oh, you should yeah. just take credit for that. I was on that, yeah. I was, I was um, looking at the book upside down. You would yeah, have gone. I know. I see what you're. Whenever I look at the the art, I see what you're saying about Bob. Whatever. I accept your apology. Yeah. That's fine. Man. That wasn't yeah. an apology. <laughs> that was a mitigation. Yeah. <laughs> just to be clear, but, um, that wasn't an apology. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think the art looks really fantastic. Uh, like yeah. it looks, you know, silly fun. Like sometimes that's all you need. Yeah. It's completely different as well to the other image stuff. Yeah. So it's very whimsical. Yeah. Bright, colorful. Yeah. And then I think I might just pass this down. Deadly class. I don't want to talk about Deadly Class. It bums me out. It's continues to be one of the best comics in the stands. Had a great first season of the TV show, and then unfortunately got cancelled. Yeah. Uh, I think they bungled the distribution of it quite substantially because it never seemed to be shown anywhere outside of the states. Definitely. Um, yep. yeah. But the the one thing I will say that is you know I don't know if this is the most positive spin of anything in the world, but Rick Remender put up a really cool thing on Twitter where he said thank you to our amazing cast it was a great ride and the best part is to anybody who enjoyed the story it's not over it's just in a different format and then you yeah, can obviously discover totally the like, comics yeah. as a result of the show so so yeah this is Deadly Class uh, issue 40 this is going to be the start of a new story arc um, I believe the end of 39 is going to be the end of trade number 8 which is mm-hmm. due out in a few weeks uh, so if you've listened to this podcast before you know my personal love for the series can't recommend it enough always one to jump on to so uh, that'll be as far as issue 40 cool cool yeah um, there's Pretty Deadly 2 which is Kelly Do, sorry Kelly Sue DeConnick mm-hmm. and Emma Rios uh Kelly Sue Conic of the aforementioned Bitch Planet, also Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. Um, Currently Aquaman. Also has a cameo in Captain Marvel. Oh, oh really? Oh. Yeah, there's a part where uh, Captain Marvel walks through the train station and a woman looks at her very strangely as she walks past and they focus on her just oh, long enough yes. to tell. That's yes. Kelly Sue because they based the movie off of her run, a little bit of it off of her run. So. And we have oh, okay. uh, Spawn with a record-breaking issue 301, now the longest-running creator-owned comic of all time. Yeah, so Spawn 300 is due for uh, August. Um, it's going to be a big event. It's going to be Todd McFarlane writing, but also Scott Schneider co-writing. It's going to have art by Greg Capullo. It's going to have art by J. Scott Campbell. It's going to have art by uh, Jerome Mopina. Um, so that's number 300. And then obviously 301. And one is also Todd McFarlane, writing artist Greg Capullo, Jason Sean Alexander, Clayton Crane, and uh, Jerome Mopina. Yeah. So what, what's, what's happening in Spawn? I, <laughs> Spawn is something no I idea. have never read and it's something I would like to get into so I said to someone the other day in the store I think I'm going to jump on a 300 and just see what it's about I think I'm missing 289 issues <laughs> I'm going to jump on a 300 see what it's about and go from there um, there's a nice wee trade there actually Assassination um, this is a series that I read that I don't think anybody else does nope. uh, it's a series about like the top 12 assassins in the world Um so it's a lot of fun. The last issue of it's out next week, number five. So that might be one that if you missed out on as a trade read, is um, it's a good wee uh, story. Very tongue in cheek look at the world of assassins. A lot cool. of humor to it. Um, yeah, cool. I recommend uh, that. Let's see. Fair Lady was one. I I didn't. I got number one. Wasn't really a fan, but Alan has been recommending it. So yeah, I might just go for the the volume one trade is out. So. Mm-hmm. Also a nine ninety nine one, which helps a lot. So that yep. might be something to jump on. 
Um, is that the last Black Science? Yeah, that's uh, another Rick Remender series. That's another one that I seem to read that no one else really <laughs> does, but it's all to do with alternate dimensions. Um, it is a and one a fringe style or a... a little bit. Yeah, it's, uh, it kicks off with um, a scientist. Um, I'm trying to remember his name. Grant McKay. Grant McKay. That's the one. So he creates Thank this you thing. In previous book. <laughs> he creates this um, thing called the pillar that allows him to jump between alternate dimensions. But it goes on the fritz and they end up getting stuck in one of those dimensions. And they have to try and so it's um, he's married with two kids and like the family's breaking apart, coming back together, all this different type of stuff. But really cool title. Um, great artist on it, Mario Scalera, um, who's just mm-hmm. done a new title with. Mark, Mark Miller, Miller yeah. Space Bandits, which really good first issue. Uh, but yeah, Black Sands is one of those ones that once it finishes, uh, again, I'd recommend jumping on it with you knowing there's a you know finishing point to it. Okay, awesome. Uh, turning the page, there are two trades that I just cannot wait for, even though I'm reading Farmhand. Oh yes, volume two. What a, what a series. Yep. Volume oh, two is Issue on. nine. Rob Guillory. Issue nine one. Dystopian horror humor. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. issue nine for me so. is the best of it all so far. <laughs> yeah. um, it's I'm a little behind. Uh, I was in Croatia for two weeks, you know. Yeah, so uh, I'm still not quite. Caught. Not the last time you're going to hear. <laughs> Sorry, where were you? Croatia. Yeah. <laughs> and the other one is Headlopper Volume Three. And if you haven't read this, read the series. It's just fantastic. Sort of fantasy, but like with a really wry sense of humor. It's mm-hmm. really, really, it's really funny as well. It's um, one of those books as well that it's writer artist. Yeah, doing it's it all. just Andrew McLean doing it all. Um, I saw it compared. I haven't seen it, or uh, I don't really know much about it. But I saw Headlopper compared to Adventure Time, oh. but like with more high fantasy. Mm-hmm. So I think they said like Game of Thrones meets Adventure Time or something. So if that helps you, um, definitely pick it up. The cover looks unreal there. Um, although I think. Jordy Belair might do covers. Jordy Belair colors, can do whatever colors, he wants, sorry, given yeah. what he's doing with Buffy. Uh, there's one for, for me she. in the next sorry. page. <laughs> yeah, um, Lazarus, the third collection hardcover. Um, so uh, I've collected Lazarus variously. I've read it variously through loans from my my buddy Stuart over the years, and uh, picked up the first two hardcovers then just to to own it. So in the same way, Alan, as you. Like absolute editions or whatever else, these these hardcovers are fantastic. Um, Greg Rucka and Michael Lark's dystopian science fiction uh, about sixteen families that control the world. Um, uh, you know, in this dystopian future, and you know, you have these families who are the ruling classes, and then you have uh, you know another class who work for the families, and then you have the waste, which is all the rest of us, you know, who are unskilled and. You know, uh, and uh, the Lazarus refers to I think we've spoken about before the the uh, warrior of the family, the, the commander, and so forth and so on. So this is the third. This is the third uh, collection. So this will begin, I guess, the next phase of Lazarus. Um, a lot of politics. Uh, forever, Carlyle, the Lazarus, the Carlyle family has been sidelined. Her loyalties are thrown into question. To honor trust, her sister Joanna must reveal the family's most closely guarded secret, the truth that forever herself, the truth about, the truth about forever herself. Uh, meanwhile, we have a conclave war. We've got the, the offshot of it. So this collects issues 22 to 26 plus uh, Lazarus X plus 66, 1 to 6, which was the series that spun out of it, that spun out of it but also bridged the gap between this and Lazarus Risen. Risen. So, uh, right. yeah. So Lazarus Risen is the new quarterly, quarterly title. You know, 64 mm-hmm. page format. So 
I don't know if this will therefore be the last collection. Um, I would imagine they'll put all Lazarus really put risen, risen together. You know, so. Yeah, okay, cool. That's going to be a different um, one for me. <laughs> how about this one? Oblivion Song, Volume 3. Oh, great stuff. That's going on the list. Yeah, um, yeah this is one that Roddy and I read in trade form. Yeah. Mm. He reads in single yeah, issue form. So I'm not going to probably don't even read the blurb. Yeah. Yep. Um, Fair enough. But uh, Oblivion Song is absolutely fantastic. Robert uh, Kirkman. The tears start here. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Do, do you guys want to take it away? Yeah, I'll, I'll chat about this very quickly. Um, so, on the next page, just as Roddy turned over, obviously we were talking Oblivion song, Kirkman. Of course, Kirkman's best known for The Walking Dead. Um, and uh, I think it's worth mentioning that this is the first time yeah, you've so, not seen a single issue solicit yeah, The Walking so Dead in this book. This is... Um, it's hard to talk about this without going into spoilers, but unfortunately spoilers were everywhere uh, last week. So if you really, really want to avoid everything, just skip forward five minutes. But essentially, last week, um, Walking Dead 193 came out, and it was just another issue, just start of a brand new story arc. Big things that happened in 191 and 192 regarding the central character, and then 193 was the next issue, so no one thought anything of it until the day before it came out on the Tuesday at least three different respected sites decided to in their headline ruin what 193 was um, you know I've no yeah. problem naming and shaming Userama was one IGM was another Bleeding um, Cool Bleeding Cool was another pretty and, much everyone picked up on it like. and it wasn't a case of you know the headline being you'll never believe what happened in The Walking Dead this week spoilers within yeah. well I, I have my problems with those cheesy headlines too but yeah yeah but I, I, would, mean, I would have yeah. preferred that to, to them actually saying and again yeah. again spoiler 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 again um, the headlines basically said The Walking Dead ends yes. this week yeah. so even well, on it was on Tuesday before that's what was, I mean yeah, so yeah. yes yeah, so this was on the Tuesday before the Wednesday release before anyone had even had a chance to read it and I love Kirkman because he loves this industry. He is always trying to play with it. He is always trying to have fun with it. You know, Die, Die, Die was a great example. Just mystery title coming out. Didn't announce anything. The, the um, launch of Oblivion Song with the trade. The launch yeah. of Oblivion Song yeah. with the trade. And guys, we have the first 12 issues already done. Yeah. This will yeah. never fall behind. And The Walking Dead, it's, it's an interesting one because love it or hate it, The Walking Dead's kind of been like a security blanket for the last 15 years. There's always yeah. been... <laughs> another issue coming there's always been another trade coming so for him to end it when he was under no pressure to it's not like it was sales were falling or people were fed up with it it still sold well and this is this is the same it's exactly the same thing as he did with Invincible mm -hmm. Robert Kirkman had finished telling the story he wanted yeah. to tell yeah. so, so he's done so he finished Invincible he could have gone another what five issues and hit hit one fifty with Walking Dead another seven issues to hit two hundred to hit two hundred do these oh. big you know yeah. releases with bells and whistles and bearing covers oh. and this and that but I, I think, think which is why as I said to you last week I think he you know despite all the f the fantastic writers out there I think Robert Kirkman probably has more credibility than any writer in comics yeah. at the moment as a result it's just yeah well even just the extra effort he went to in this because there, there is a six page sort of goodbye letter at the back yeah. of the issue um, you know like full disclosure here like Keith came into the store last week I gave him the issue straight away and said you need to read this despite the fact that I read Walking Dead and Trade and, and I'm said, six issues well, he, he says to me like I haven't read the latest trade why, why do you want me to read this and I said look 
unfortunately you had already had the big event spoiled for the previous, the previous stream yeah. but I said look that's all you need to know going in just go and read this because you deserve to you've been with it yep. all this time you deserve to but uh, like Kirkman and, Kirkman and Charlie Adler had went so far as to solicit the next three issues afterwards like I still have orders on my back order forms for Walking Dead 194 so you, you now have you now have orders for Walking Dead comics that don't exist don't except exist. to convince people that the Walking Dead was continuing exactly you know this is the effort they went to yeah. you know and for Kirkman to go to that amount of effort and have it spoiled by these sites, I think, is personally disgraceful. Um, yeah, I agree. They have a responsibility to inform people about things, but at the same time, you've got to respect the creators and the efforts they go to. Yeah. So we put up a post straight away on the day just saying, look, guys, try and stay away from social media. If you're a Walking Dead reader, just pick up the issue, read it, and go from there. But that big, long diatribe was basically because Compendium 4 is coming out. So this is going to be the end of The Walking Dead with Compendium 4. I've always said to people in the store, if you've never read Walking Dead before and you're seriously going to invest in it, read the compendiums. They're the best value. Um, they contain the equivalent of eight trades uh, for a £50 price point. Um, and this is going to be the last one. So I am curious to see if people are going to jump on the Walking Dead now. Well, yep. it's, it's interesting. <laughs> I mean, I kind of wish. I kind of wish now as someone who, who I read Invincible, but I collected it. And physical as the companions, and I really, I know I've collected Walking Dead as the, you know, as the, the trades, trade. you know, and I really, <laughs> I, I'm going to either do one or two things. I'm either going to buy the four compendiums, and I noticed they're soliciting both the compendium and the hardcover to one nine two because yeah. that's the numbers that they would normally include. Yeah. But they'll obviously yeah, they've, they've already announced the one nine three will be. And I mean that's the other fantastic thing about one nine three. That was what a. Uh, three times the size it should have been yeah it's a 60 page it was, book it was oh, like that's, a, that's another thing it's you know and it was the normal too. price yeah, yeah it was 70 know. odd pages it then had that six um page sort of goodbye letter and as you said it like even just down to the fact they're doing a second print of it right yeah so the walking dead's one of those comics that always has the issue number at the top of it and then colon and then a name for the issue so this one was issue 193 the farmhouse <laughs> yep second print issue 193 the end oh okay that's how you're going to know the difference but again even just going to the effort of changing that title so that readers would genuinely be surprised was just an amazing effort and it just it really bugged me that it was it was ruined you know um so but yeah walking dead for me one of the best comics the last 20 years always consistent always great tv show little up and down although the last season i thought was wonderful um it really rediscovered its mojo but the comic can't recommend mm-hmm. it enough if you've never read it before perfect starting point now because you now know there's an there's ending an point end. yeah I mean it's, it's, it's my I've been reading it for 16 years and it ended beautifully you know, so as well it's, very uh, very yeah. pleased with how it very ended pleased well. very pleased so, so that's a good bye to Walking Dead it is mm-hmm. unfortunately but we will still come across it here in about 12 pages because Walking Dead 195 <laughs> is solicited and uh, we'll probably get around to maybe doing a bit well, of a podcast yeah, a little retrospective yeah, one uh, definitely cool cool. Definitely. Um, another one that takes my eye here I've never read it though um, Curse Words number 25 Charles Sewell Charles Sewell Ryan Brown this is the end yeah it's the, the end like of this a, one a so. wizard living on earth and there's a talking koala I think yeah. I've seen is that the first um, trade yeah interesting it sounds interesting I really like the look of the art so that might be one to pick up die number seven split the party part two god yeah 
Can't wait for that, yeah, obviously. Absolutely. We've wax lyricals, yeah. so maybe we should just move on. Never heard of that title. <laughs> <laughs> um, Excellence number five. I'm really enjoying... Uh, I've read the first couple of issues of Excellence. Um, yeah, two was good as well. Yeah, about uh, a modern-day uh, group of uh, sorcerers, fam- so families of sorcerers, you know, and the, the, the son of one of the families, you know, who's... Uh, who's coming up and uh, making his ascension through the ranks um, and the cost that that comes at so it's, it's a really really interesting book really really enjoying it mm-hmm. um, let's see we've got a couple of one, couple of good ones here Ice Cream Man seems to get a lot of love um, it's on issue 15 now yeah good fun horror um, series Ice Cream Man there's of course the awesome Middle West number oh, 11 brilliant fantastic title um, there's Oblivion song number 19 moving along moving along moving along before anything spoiled for Keith uh, uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> no I, I, I'm reading it in singles there's one that's worth um, just throwing a little bit of love for because I, I obviously won't go into details because I don't think Keith's read it yet but Save Stars number one uh, uh, a new Jason Aaron indie one that he is co-writing with Dennis Hallam um, Dennis Hopeless Hallam uh, yeah. up until now he's been known by his nickname was Dennis Hopeless. Dennis Hopeless yeah. so Dennis Hallam was his name so Dennis oh, okay. Hopeless Hallam yeah. Uh, but yeah great first issue of that there was um, a hell of a lot of world building in one issue um, you knew stuff about characters past where they're going the setup for the book just very very skilled writing and beautiful visuals as well it was what really else would you expect from Jason Aaron? I would expect the next issue of Southern Bastard. <laughs> He's finishing off Thor. Is that is that is that a Thor point for you? <laughs> Old uh, Savage Dragon is catching up on Spawn. It's a two four seven. I have no idea if anyone. Never been anything I've read. Savage Dragon. Fifty four issues to go. Just Section Zero. Finishing it off. Um, it's been a, that, yeah, it's been a great series. Really um, good fun. Issue four, I think of. Is that this it week's release? It was uh, last week's, but the week before. I think I, I read it. I've been reading them. I read them back to back. Yeah. I've really been enjoying that. Yeah. Uh, that series. Whenever I picked it up, it was just a. Uh, oh, this looks interesting. It looks like a wee bit of a comic-y uh, X Files throwback. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a bit of a combination between X Files and something a bit more super heroic. But it is really good. Yeah. Really good. So the trade will not be too far behind on that one if that's one you missed out on. I mean, look at that cover for Walking Dead 195. Tell me that's not a comic you don't want to read. <laughs> a cover in a comic that doesn't exist. Yeah. I like they've even got a byline for it. The Swordsman Strikes. This is the end of the line, but for whom? Yeah, this is the effort they went to. Oh, incredible. Yeah. I do wonder if 196 will be solicited because they did a cover for it. Um, and like it was a total false storyline it's okay to talk about it because it doesn't ruin anything because it was a false storyline but in the covers they were um, saying that Carl was going to die Yeah. Uh-huh. so that was him with the sword through him on 195 uh-huh. and then 196 was his wife and child standing in his grave so given that it's become so well known now that um, that was the last issue uh-huh. I'll be curious to see in next month's previews and I, I, hope we're not, I, hope, I, mean, I hope we're not spoiling it for anybody and you know, but we, we announced spoilers before we started so, yeah yeah cool yeah. Um, White Trees number two of two by Chip Zdarsky. Uh, it's obviously the first issue isn't out yet, but I'm really looking mm-hmm. forward to it next month. Yeah, yeah. same. Um, but a fantasy goodness. Cool. Uh, Saga t-shirts. Um, yeah, unfortunately that page got Vicky very excited because she thought Saga was coming back, <laughs> and it was just an advert for a t-shirt. It must be close. It must, <laughs> must be, be close. Yeah. We're counting the days to that one. Cool. Um, so yeah, image is done. Um, into your burger books. Into the burger books. There's everything. 
Yeah, looks okay. Move on. Some grade A winging it there. Yep. <laughs> There's one that looks pretty cool. Must say, I look quite yeah, like that. Yeah, that's a follow up to. Um, there was a, a story already launched called Ether, which is uh, Matt Kent. And this is obviously a sequel to it, The Disappearance of Violet Bell. So they must be doing them in sort of volumes. Um, in fact, that'll be the third volume. The third volume, there. yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. again. So, yeah, Matt Kent's an interesting writer. What's the gist with that? Um, the oh. gist is, it's a... Like a fantasy thing? or A fantasy adventure that Sherlock Holmes meets Dr. Seuss. Oh, Okay could be cool I really like the art style really like those colours looks very uh, looks quite Invisible Kingdom-esque with all those like That's a pinks and purple with. Yeah. which Invisible, Invisible Kingdom, Kingdom mm-hmm. it's, uh, okay. it's just reached issue 4 very, I think it's only going to be 5 like, it? yeah it's um, it's not bad but I, I'm struggling with it a bit I, Roddy and I have talked about this before about how sometimes with indie books there's maybe only so much fantasy you can deal with at any one time. <laughs> yeah. And I'd read Sea of Stars and I'd read Space Bandits yeah. and I'd read and then I read It's um, very hard sci fi, isn't it though? Very yeah. hard sci fi. Yeah, right, okay. Um but I'm four issues in the thing, it's only five in total. Yeah. For the first arc anyway. So I'll definitely finish the five, but yeah, struggling with it a wee, wee tiny bit. Cool. Um yeah, this one looks really interesting. Uh Philip Savy, um Trash, I think he's uh doing everything. So looks uh gotta say the art looks fantastic oh. and Dark Dark Horse kinda as well as Burger Books, I think Dark Horse are trying to bring out a lot of sort of their own. Same with IDW, which we'll get to. There's a lot of like really nice looking indie titles. Uh-huh. Um so this one's about a dedicated nurse named Evie Pierce awakens to an unfamiliar world alongside two doppelgangers. One a young and snarky superhero, the other a hardened rebel military commander of a post-apocalyptic world. When a mysterious figure begins to hunt them down, the three women must work together to dis- excuse me to must work together to survive and discover why they were assembled. And that's she is three versions of the same woman. Yeah, interesting. So looks pretty interesting, I have to say. Looks really cool. A lot of psychedelic sci-fi in that. Um. A wee bit of uh, the Orville, the Orville comic something I've never watched. That's a, a show we need to catch up in the next season of for sure. There's the the Perry Bible Fellowship almanac that I don't know if you've ever you ever you're familiar with the Perry Bible Fellowship. I uh, am not from the golden age of the internet. Uh, back whenever there's some really good is the internet that old that we have a golden age of the internet <laughs> well this is a 10th anniversary edition age. of the Perry Bible Fellowship so they were kind of uh, strange wee irreverent odd comic strips uh, uh, it's worth looking up the Perry Bible Fellowship okay it's, cool it's very cool. hilarious stuff sweet I will um, there's another another aliens title yeah alien stuff in general just tends to sell very very well in the store and uh, it's been Bram Wood who's been responsible for aliens comics now for a couple of years yeah and it seems with every each different title he picks like there's a different artist on it yeah so it's given given a lot of artists a chance and this is based on characters from an upcoming aliens video game yeah hmm so, yeah, I said video just, game like I didn't know what it was <laughs> but, uh, yeah. he's just finished off Aliens Resistance there and then there's a follow up to it with Alien Rescue and then this is going to be another one uh, but yeah as I say people people just dig Aliens stuff you know they don't seem to yeah. know what they necessarily want to do with the movies of Aliens these days but yeah. the comics are going strong and always tell some really good stories yeah. 
I know you always speak highly of one. Was it Dead Orbit? Dead Orbit. Oh, it's fantastic. Yep. Get on that. I think. Uh, oh, Res- yes, that's right. Yeah. Resistance was se- like probably second to it in my sort of mind, but I thought mm-hmm. Dead Orbit. How like a comic book can make you feel claustrophobic, like I have no idea. But yeah. it, was, it was really, cool. really, really good. Actually, um, is it James Stoko? Stoko, yeah. His, his art style is quite reminiscent of. Um, Exactly, what you're gonna say. Oh, Ian uh, Bertram. Ian Bertram from House, House of Penance and Little Bird. It's yeah. definitely, uh, definitely okay. worth checking out. Um, yeah. There's one that that I failed to notice last month, or failed to make as big a deal of as I should have. Let me guess. We talked about it. Though. Let me guess. Tommy Gun Wizard. Tommy Gun Wizard. Yeah. We talked about it, but I realised that I haven't put it in my pull list. I've copies on the way. Don't worry. Perfect. Uh, <laughs> because. You know, it's that sort of uh, urban fantasy mixed with gangsters. Why did I not immediately get really excited about it? <laughs> you might have to listen back to it, because I, I have a feeling you did. Did I? Yeah. Christian Ward yeah. writing it as well. Yeah. That's unusual. You know, Christian Ward, obviously, no, no much more for his art. Yeah. Which is one thing I will say about Invisible Kingdom. The art is beautiful. Just, yeah. But I just struggle with By the main man. Um, okay. I'm excited for that. I kind of want to get this last up in the red line. I'm quite excited by that. I read the first issue of it and I wasn't overly enthused. Mm-hmm. Apparently, if you live... Is it Boston it's set in? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Apparently, if, it, if you live in Boston, it is a, supposed to be fantastic because it's an exploration <laughs> of a lot of their urban folklore. Oh, okay. okay. But if you're not familiar with it, I think a lot of it goes over your head. But I just see there on the other page, just speaking about Bram Wood, that's one of his very underrated series, The Massive. The Massive, I've read. Uh, wonderful, wonderful yeah. story. Uh, post-apocalyptic story. Um, I think I read the first six issues of that. I highly recommend that. There's a lot of it. There's a bit of an environmental uh, yeah. under thing, and there's a, a bit of a military overtake. Well, and the, sort of the main character in it used to be a military man, and like a high-skilled assassin, but then he ends up in this post-apocalyptic world becoming... Um, he is the captain of a ship and they're looking for their sister ship which is called the Massive, the Massive um, but the world has come to a post it's a post-apocalyptic world because of things like global warming and things man-made mm-hmm. problems shall we say um, but it's a wonderful title and I really recommend that I see that that was an omnibus cool. coming out of it yeah, it's up to issue 30 then is it it's yeah, I think it only it went to around. Th- is it finished? Yeah, it's finished. Oh, okay, okay. Then they did a spin-off series called the Massive Ninth Wave, which was good as well. Cool. Um, into the Magnolia Corner, Hellboy and the BPRD, Joe Gollum, Witchfinder Omnibus. I know around the table we aren't. We are collectively all wanting yep. to get into Hellboy, but yeah, but never, started, never yeah. really got got the chance. And apparently, the last um, movie is not the way in. No. no. <laughs> Disney Corner, then mixed with a um, bit of Blade of the Immortal, manga, and we're it done. Into Dark, Horse. Dark Horse. Cool. No, I right, well. <laughs> Do you all have People two hours? Get uh, <laughs> I have to say this, that title, I saw it earlier on and it just it got me pretty excited. Yeah. Um, so don't take, don't take expect to hear my voice much in the next 15 minutes. But. Although you did bring up a very good point earlier. Um Transformers number one and G.I. Joe number one which we're going to talk about in the space of six months, six months. Um, which is nice yeah that's that's pretty good for any child of the 80s right it's, yeah, absolutely. it's good because I mean G.I. Joe Real American Heroes up to like the still 260s going, yeah. and it's still going and it's a bit impenetrable at this point so what's the deal with this new G.I. Joe show you the tell G.I. me Joe. I am trying to find the page there, it's uh, right there at your yeah. right hand 
So it says uh, certainly in, the, in their 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 buzz previews buzz catalog buzz at the start. Go behind Cobra Lines and IDW's new GI Joe series. Country after country has fallen to the global terrorist organization known as Cobra. <laughs> uh, resistance is crushed. Governments are toppled. Hope endures, however, as a select few are recruited by GI Joe to lead the resistance against Cobra in the occupied territories. Paul Allor and Chris Evan Hughes' new G.I. Joe series from IDW text readers inside the resistance deep in Cobra territory, showing us the G.I. Joe conflict as never before. Heroes will be born and legends forged as people take the fight to Cobra, inspired and guided by G.I. Joe and a select few sabotaging railways, destroying bridges, taking down communication hubs. Uh, Liberty itself is at stake as IDW is publishing his new innovative G.I. Joe series begins this September. Cool, yeah. Um very excited. Yeah, um, yeah. One of my um, childhood memories was I had a videotape of um, Action Force. The movie? And it was, no, it was like a double bill of, um, I can't remember what the episode was called. Um, or maybe it'll come to me. But it was it was like a couple of different episodes. One, was, one of them was like a two-parter. Uh-huh. And it was... At the start, it's like a few of them are going, oh, what does it matter Like if we're fighting Cobra, blah, blah, blah. And then they get transported to another world where Cobra has won. Are, has won. Ah, yeah. Yes. So this kind of reminds... When I was reading about this, I was like, okay, this kind of reminds me yeah. of like that episode when it was like they find out where um, Cobra's won yes. and what they're fighting for is actually really important. I mean, and that seems so, to be where we're going from here. With the, the Even the, 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 the cover seems to be... You know, we've got a big wanted poster, wanted for crimes against Cobra, codename Duke, codename Scarlet. Yeah. You know, so yeah, this, that's going to be interesting. Yeah, yeah. I'd cool. say very excited. It's like like Alan says, um, perfect jumping on point. You can't really. It was the same with Transformers. Transformers was ongoing for, for so yeah, long, perfect. and it's like this is a great chance to jump in, get another series. Paul Eller, I think uh, he's done quite a lot of like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles stuff. I think he's done some stuff for Marvel as well. Okay. So yeah, great place to jump on if you're a Joe fan, and then and we're going to swiftly move just over. Just so we're clear, people, before digital downloads, there was Blu-ray. Before Blu-ray, there was DVD. Before DVD, there was Laserdisc. <laughs> and before that was video cassette. If you're as old as us, you just in case VHS. you hear video cassettes and think, yeah. "Sorry, what was that?" <laughs> Putting the sellotape over it so you could re-record over it. Why would you want to record over it? Yeah. Well. Yeah. I think I actually bought it. It wasn't like recorded. It was no, no, the yeah. official. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I had one nice. that was that was uh, an episode of GI Joe and an episode of Trans- a double episode of GI Joe, a double episode of Transformers, and a double episode of something else that can mask. Oh, mask, yeah, yeah, yeah. mask. Oh my god. We're gonna have to do a separate podcast, Keith. Coffee Heroes Eighties Appreciation Podcast coming to. Um, speaking of, <laughs> oh, Transformers Thirteen begins in New York. Yeah. yeah, so the first trade is going to come out. It's actually going to be one to twelve. Yep. So um, big news about thirteen shipping monthly, as opposed to fortnightly. Yep. Yep. Okay. So, so they've got the first twelve. They've got under their belts. So. Got a fantastic oh. story. Is Brian Ruckley and then their collection of artists. I can't even name you them all. Um, but really, really, really been enjoying it, and it looks like they're going to spin out of that into Transformers galaxies number one and 
God damn it, you got to see that cover. It's yeah. beautiful. Levo Ramondelli. Um, it's all the Constructicons. It's all the Constructicons, and then there's a bit of Galaxy in the back. Absolutely fantastic. So so what? Yeah. what's the difference between these two titles? We've got our, our ongoing Transformers series, and then... We have sort of spin-off, uh, Cybertron, A Planet of Vast Beauty and Extraordinary Cities. Wasn't always so perfect. After the war against the threefold spark, Cybertron was decimated. And new bots, the Constructicons, emerged to help rebuild it grander and more amazing than ever before. But where are these bots now? Why have they been erased from Cybertron's history? And what are they planning to do about it? So I think this is going to take place before before our bold new era of Transformers. And we'll maybe find out a bit more about Constructicons. And then I assume at some point they will cross over. Or is it, I mean, is this, I mean, we know that Transformers the core series so far has been focused on Cybertron yeah so is this taking it beyond Cybertron mm. is that the, the, the potentially although they it does, did say they they rebuilt it but then but they rebuilt they it been, they rebuilt it after the the, the war, war against yeah. Threefold Spark which is prior to our current Transformers series yeah so this is they rebuilt it in, in history past yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so they might be just yeah, well, well I suppose galaxies would indicate they're sort of flying about doing uh, intergalactic uh, who business knows, who knows but yeah that looks really good very excited for that um, yeah so that's probably the ooh well <laughs> I was going to say that's the 80s corner done but there's if you're really into your Transformers which Roddy which really is uh, there's Transformers Legacy the art of Transformers packaging and I don't know I think we were spoiled us children of the 80s and yeah. early 90s um, the art for toys if you look at Transformers and especially G.I. Joe they were utterly gorgeous stuff they could be on comics you used to get right now. and He-Man toys you used to get a comic oh, a wee mini comic yeah, yeah. with uh, explaining you know with a, 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 like a fully and some of the artists and the writers of yeah. those comics you know <laughs> fully explaining the origin of the character that you had bought you mm-hmm. know what I mean so that was you ever watched that he-Man documentary on Netflix. Oh, uh, the complete. toys that made us. No, it's like a proper like. Oh yes, yeah, 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 one. yeah. Toys that made we us. Need Fantastic to stop. too. We need to stop. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay, but, uh, yeah. So IDW Marvel connection ongoing. Um, Ghost Tree trade paperback is something I really recommend. A really interesting series about grief and hope and loss and love and about the past and never truly stays dead um, certified cool definitely certified cool um, I think Alan and I have been really enjoying it yeah. um, I think there's one, one more to go now yeah. Um, but yeah very good um, there's Star Trek Corner for Keith um, kind of just waiting for mm. Terra Incognita to come out on yeah. trade so you're more of a trade guy when it comes yeah. to the Star Trek stuff Turtles ongoing wouldn't know where to start but if you're continuing that then it looks good here's one that I don't really know about but might be interested to some Napoleon Dynamite number one are you going to buy a Napoleon Dynamite comic anyway? I'm probably not I'm not going to lie <laughs> um, it's an okay movie it's, it's one of those cult movies that I never really saw the full appeal of personally so Further exploration into that universe is not personally for me, but if it is something that uh, 
you are yeah. interested in it, it is a pretty cool cover in fairness because yeah. one of the things from Napoleon Dynamite was this for Pedro. very yeah cult sort of iconic cover of Vote for Pedro and it's been scribbled out on the t-shirt and it says impeach Pedro so it's the kind of thing I would imagine you know if you're going to get that yeah. or you're not going to get it you know it's but they love their cult stuff don't they they have well, the Bubba Hotep they had too although yeah, oh, oh, darkness, Bubba Hotep. I've, I've offended him. No, <laughs> no, no, it just didn't. I was disappointed. Oh, what? Oh, okay. disappointed. Yeah. No. Okay, so as we were saying, IDW, Dark Horse, they're all trying to get their hands in the miniseries action. Um, I'm really excited for this. Road of Bones, there, we talked about Ghost Tree, there's couple more coming out and this one Jonathan Mayberry's Pandemica looks pretty fantastic um, art by Alex Sanchez um, War is brewing in America a shadow government is preparing to launch purity bombs for ethnic cleansing a small group of scientists and former spec op shooters stand in their way join the resistance save the world Pandemica by the New York Times bestseller Jonathan Mayberry V Wars Black Panther Doom Doom War so very excited for that there's not a lot of farts but there's just a yeah it looks um, it evokes sort of Wild Last Man to me a little bit yeah uh, with the cover which is never a bad thing wee bit, wee bit fall lady. yeah yeah um, looks really really good and it's probably a kind of uh, title that's maybe quite well timed with uh, everything going on in the world at the moment oh, in terms yeah, of like exactly quote ethnic cleansing and so forth um, could be really really interesting that yeah cool. that's a good one That'll uh, be, I think that'll be my pick on the board. Yeah, not interested particularly in the book, but I do think it's worth drawing attention to Grumpy Bear wearing a leather biker's cut with a mohawk and spiked um, spiked armbands on and Care Bears Unlock the Magic. Mm. Interesting. Trades on its way for you, kid. There's one there, Mountain Head Canto, number two. Mountain Head, mentioned Mountainhead number one obviously still time to get pre-orders on in that one um, cool. I think that's going to be a really great title Mountainhead yeah looking forward to that sync connection with oh, yeah. Rotobones um, yeah there's Star Wars Corner yeah, My um, Little Pony Corner and DuckTales Corner yeah October Faction uh, I think which is now going to be a Netflix series so I think there's a lot of reprints of that um, yeah special edition represents debut adventure bless you, Thank you. Um, yeah uh, if you're into that sort of Steve Niles horror that might be something to look into um, I'll pick it up myself apart from 30 days of night mm-hmm. yeah um, I think that might be it for IDW folks um, unless you guys have anything nothing jumping out so I guess I probably spent too long talking about Transformers so we may have to just <laughs> skip through the book pretty quickly um, so we're on the dynamite bit of Red Sonia Vampirella number one um, written by Jordi Belair um, who seems very busy at the moment um, you know a couple of people might be interested in that Um yeah. with the boys omnibus boys volumes omnibus. ahead of the he's going to be very release. happy with those yeah. <laughs> really enjoying working through the boys I have to say um, it was something I've never <laughs> properly read before but uh, the Death Defying Devil number 2 the character on which Daredevil was based um, from Dynamite part of Project Superpowers I was a wee bit underwhelmed by the last uh, series of Project Superpowers I don't know if I'll 
if I'll pick up that Death Divine Devil series. Mm-hmm. Not sure. Not sure. It's Gil Simone writing though, so yeah. it's best to just live on and believe that Daredevil is a wholly original creation. Yeah, it's just yeah. Not yeah. denial. It's fine. Of course, not just a river in Egypt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, all the dynamite stuff. You know, you know what's happening. That's something I'd throw a little bit of love out for them. Um, there was a recent uh, Peter Cannon Thunderbolt which uh, as we've talked about it before was the inspiration for Ozymandias Mm -hmm. Watchmen Watchmen, but uh, Kieran Gillen wrote this it was a five issue mini series again it was another one that it seems like I was the only one reading it but really really fun comic quite meta quite clever um, but that's the trade of a coming out there Peter Cannon Thunderbolt uh, I genuinely recommend that That written by Kieran Gillen yeah um, Casper is a comic, great artist too comicbook.com controversially says this is a more worthy successor to Watchmen than anything Watchmen's publisher has attempted bet they spoiled Walking Dead too like. interesting Alan's changed his mind Peter Cannon Thunderbolt not at all Peter Cannon Thunderbolt itself is excellent uh, but uh, yeah okay I, I think we can move on I don't on recommend going on to that website yeah, um, Dynamite fans, you know what you're going to get. Cena, Mars Attacks, uh, that sort of stuff. Um, and there's something to look forward to here, just about to hit the Boom Studios. Boom. Uh, Boomer are killing it this weather. Yeah. They're doing a lot of Jim Henson stuff, just seeing there. First of all, they've done uh, Dark Crystal before. They've been doing... Um, storytellers. Labyrinth, well storytellers. Yeah. Um, this is so a new not, one. It's, it's not storytellers, it's this storyteller. The story. right? yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jim Henson's The Storyteller. Yeah. yeah, they're getting ready to launch another Dark Crystal one. I wonder if this will tie in somehow with the upcoming Netflix series. Yep. It definitely will. Yeah. It says official prequel to the Netflix series. <laughs> can be tough when you're reading it upside I down. I understand. <laughs> but uh, yeah, going to be a 12 issue mini series. The Jim Henson stuff sells well in the store. There's a, there's a couple of diehard fans for the the Jim Henson stuff I love the there's a Kelly and Nicole Matthews variant cover which is very beautiful Um, definitely worth checking out Um, yeah how about this one something is killing the children we shall pass to the James Tinian it's got a fantastic title yeah Yeah, I mean I I think the best thing about this title is you know going back to we were talking about Tom Taylor earlier he brought this to my attention on Twitter because I had just released I think it was Deceased number three and Jim Sinian the fourth who of course is a pretty big writer at DC as well doing things like Justice League Dark uh, co-writer on Justice League and stuff like that but uh, he put this thing up saying you know I can't believe how far Tom Taylor has went in this simply horrific or something like that and Tom Taylor just called him out on it in a funny way and just retweeted him wrote your next title is called Something is Killing the Children <laughs> you know so it's uh sort of brought it to my attention a little bit but yeah this is um, this is definitely what I'm looking forward to I, I love it when you get horror titles that come along in comics it doesn't happen that often as we've discussed you get a lot of fantasy you get a lot of sci-fi but sort of pure horror um, you don't seem to get a lot of and with this one so a little blurb for it is you know um, award winning writer James Tinney in the fourth who as I say has worked on things like Detective Comics and Justice League Dark and so forth uh, teams with artist uh, Werther Del Edera. Briggs Land, that's a great book. That is a very good yeah, book, yeah, actually. Yeah. Um, Briggs Land. Um, so for an all-new limited series, so this is going to be five issues, uh, about staring into the abyss to find your worst fears staring back. 
When the children of Archer's Peak begin to go missing, everything seems hopeless. Most children never return, but the ones that do have terrible stories. Impossible stories of terrifying creatures that live in the shadows. Their only hope of finding and eliminating the threat is the arrival of a mysterious stranger, one who believes the children and claims to see what they can see. Her name is Erica Slaughter. What a name. She kills monsters. <laughs> that is all she does, and she bears the cost because it must be done. It must be done. Just sounds great. Yeah. Um, His um, other boom series, The Woods, is utterly fantastic too. It's one so, I've never read, um, I'm that actually. There's a page of art afterwards, looks pretty pretty lovely. Yeah, it looks and, really uh, It yeah. actually the premise and sound of it reminds me of If I Kill Giants, which is something I really like as well. Mm. Um Did you ever watch the Netflix movie though? Yeah. Any good? I really liked it. It got a lot of bad press and it just sort of faded away, but I really I it's something like um reminded me of where the wild things are. Like I, I really, really enjoyed I've it. I read actually. the book, I didn't watch yeah. the movie though. It's really worth a watch, actually. We a wee Sunday morning watch. A wee Sunday morning yeah. watch. While you're unlike Stranger Things season four, which was last wee Sunday, or season three. <laughs> season three, sorry. But Keith has a warning for you: don't watch it in bed. Not with cheese pops, anyway. <laughs> Not with any food. <laughs> so you've got uh, the weeding corner now, Firefly. Yep. Uh, we've got an advanced solicit of Firefly: The Sting, which is an original graphic novel spotlighting. Uh, Saffron uh, returns to the Serenity to recruit the woman of the ship for uh, heist that has a personal stake for all involved. Um, so that's I guess separate from the, the Firefly uh, ongoing series which has been great written by uh, well-known Hulk aficionado Greg Pak. Um, and the writer of John Wick the comic. <laughs> Come on. As you say, respect. Um, respect. Yeah. So uh, we've also got Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Blah, blah, blah. Easy for me to say. Yeah. Buffy the Vampire Slayer number eight. Uh, again, we mentioned Jordy Belair earlier on. Uh, I think I said it last week or the, the week of the reviews and the week of the last previews. But this is this is a killer series. They're slaying it, definitely. Um, uh, that's that, that, that is a four point for me. <laughs> uh, really doing a great job of of rebooting Buffy. I was going to say for the nineties, but it's not the nineties. It is in fact two thousand nineteen. The reboot mm-hmm. Buffy from the nineties to two thousand nineteen, and it's it's just been a great great series. Really invested in it, along with Angel, which the first second issue of which was released last week. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Um, Good stuff there on the in the Buffy verse. Oh, cool! Sorry, uh, I thought you were going to wax more lyrical on Angel and all. So oh, I, was, I wasn't ready. I was sort of sorry. So I didn't mean to take a surprise there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's you, Roddy. Oh God! I was just thinking about Transformers. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think that, I think that there's a lot of other cool stuff for Boom, Power Rangers Corner. Yeah, there's one there, Once Whoa. in Future, which we're looking forward to the first issue of that hitting uh, oh, yes. in August. Yep. That's another Kieran, uh, Kieran Gillen joint, so I can't go wrong with that. And my boy, Dan Moore. Uh, Once in Future 2, is that what you were? Yeah, yeah. that's mm-hmm. issue 2 of it. Um, that Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Shattered Grid is something that I'm really interested in. It's Kyle Higgins and Ryan Parrott, and it's been getting some real love yeah. uh, from everywhere. It's supposed to be a great book. 
not great enough that I'm going to buy it in hardcover so I can't wait for it to go to to be fair that hardcover looks gorgeous it does but I don't know I mean it just looks like a really interesting I think it's it like was it the 25th anniversary was it they were doing a special story for I think it was the 25th anniversary and Shattered Grid was like their 25th anniversary yeah that, that could be it so I'll, I'll maybe hold off until that comes out in soft cover but um, the, the, the gist of it seems to be that Lord Dracon uh, a twisted alternate reality version of Tommy Oliver the Green Ranger and his newly reformed army are crossing dimensions in order to execute an all-out attack uh, that threatens the very resistance the very existence of every Power Ranger ever for the first time in comic history the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers will join forces with some of the most popular Power Rangers teams in the franchise from across time and space to face the ultimate threat one that will mean the death of a Ranger oh. cool thought it would bring it to the attention of the group that uh, 43 and indeed issues 40 to 49 for the foil aficionados there's going to be pretty cool looking of comic collectors somewhere (laughs) that are called foil aficionados I just thought I'd put that out there in case that's your thing shiny Uh, shiny shiny blue ranger helmet that looks pretty cool uh, Run an Island 6 of 12 I know Alan's a big yeah, fan yeah first trade of that's coming out in the next I'm week or two I'm very excited for that good stuff that so um, far Ian Greg Pack again yeah Greg Pack doing really cool um, there's the Woods yearbook edition definitely something to pick up Cullen Bunn again yeah the hardest working man in comics seems to be doing everything there's Empty Man Manifestation it seems every single week I unpack the delivery that there's a new Cullen Bunn title Yep. There's even one this week. Really? On Earth. <laughs> oh, well, yes, oh, yes, yes. Uh-huh. I think that's on my post, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Looking forward to that. Um, yeah, there's the Adventure Time Corner, Ben 10, Over the Garden Wall, um, Steven Universe. Don't know who Steven Universe is. Sounds interesting. That's, yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, I'll have a wee flick through if you want to talk amongst yourselves and see if there's anything um, interesting. There's, uh there's Danny Fingroth's uh, A Marvelous Life The Amazing Story of Stan Lee hardcover a uh, long time friend and colleague of Stan Lee pens the definitive biography of the comics legend might be worth uh, a wee look now I do have uh, Stan Lee's autobiography Excelsior yeah. so you would assume that would be the definitive <laughs> autobiography of the comics legend <laughs> you would but, think so but it might be worth picking uh, picking picking that up for a wee bit of uh, Stan action as a uh, as you had said, uh, Alan, it was the, the one thing missing from uh, Spider-Man Far From Yeah, Home. I mean, it was definitely the first time the presence was, uh, was or the lack of presence was felt, especially after the Spider-Verse cameo, because I think it was, without a doubt, one of the best. You know? mm, I, my, the one handing out the costumes. Uh, and <laughs> my personal favourite cameo was the one in Captain Marvel. The Mallrats one? Yeah, uh-huh. Just that look. Uh, wouldn't was, be hard for that to be the high point of the movie. Well, I, I disagree. <laughs> Work away, though. <laughs> cool. Well, um, yeah, let's go to space if we're talking about Captain Marvel. Um, this one looks really cool. Aftershock. Beautiful segue. Was it? Yeah. Oh, nice. um, yeah, this one's called Midnight Vista. Um, looks really cool. Just turned the page and I was like, right, this looks pretty awesome. It's um, very psychedelic. Yeah. Oliver Flores and his stepfather Nomar Perez were turning right onto a midnight Vista road when they were both abducted by aliens. To Oliver's mother, they were just missing. To the police, they were declared legally dead. And to everyone else growing up in Albuquerque, Oliver Flores was the milk carton kid. His life was a cautionary tale of an eight-year-old who was kidnapped and killed by a stepdad while out for ice cream. Now, years later, a fully grown Oliver walks back into town. He has been returned. 
and he remembers everything. Based on a very personal true story from writer Elliot Rahal, uh, hot lunch special um, with out of this world art from Clara Meath Midnight Vista will make you believe in little green men yeah that sounds class that um, does sound class I recently I don't know if you've seen Netflix uh, they've got a new documentary up about Bob Lazar oh no uh, I don't know if no. Bob Lazar was the guy who uh, sort of back in the 80s uh, he's the reason that sort of people name check Area 51 because mm-hmm. he claims to have been a guy who worked at Area 51 and he's really interesting because he talks about these things very matter-of-factly. Mm-hmm. He's gone through lie detector tests and he's come through clear at all. So Netflix is this new documentary about oh, him cool. and I, it's got me really back into a fuck, I believe this shit. Like I thought, you know, the way, the way I was in the 90s. You want to believe? Like, yeah. I want to believe. <laughs> cool. Definitely have to check that out. Yeah, it's very, um, very good. There's another number one called You Are Obsolete which um, looks pretty cool. There's an alternate Francesco Francavilla cover um, yeah um, keep going keep going um, yeah Aftershock has a lot of good stuff Colin Bunn obviously working for them <laughs> Night's Temporal um, yes then we're American Mythology Archie Sabrina Super Special Betty and Veronica Um was there no Archie versus Predator this month? It's Dark Horse. Is it done? <coughs> oh, was it? Oh, okay. Yeah. It's a Dark Horse series mm-hmm. that's only four parts, I believe. Um, Predator two. Bindless. Uh, I think I think this is going to have to be it for a while. I'll have we nosy see if there's any cool Scouts or Source Point Press stuff. What do you mean you're just skipping past Bindless? What? Oh no! Who would who would dare do such a thing? It's look the. The book's in the store if you want to have a look at it. Uh, Humanoids are doing some cool stuff. Uh, there's Omni, number one, uh, which I think we talked about last time, didn't we? And that Strange Lands is launching tomorrow. Uh, number one of it. Oh, okay. I'll give um, it a wee read, see if I can... Uh, as if I don't have enough to read, but... What's it? What is uh, the gist of it? It's just this new sort of label called Humanoids. It's one that Mark Wade is helping to curate... The, the line humanoids okay um, so I'm, I'm just interested in it so I'm going to give up I'm not even 100% sure what the issue is about but I'm going to give that a go and, and and see cool again it goes back to I've always said it you know follow talent and That's if Mark Wade's Mags, name is there Mags Visaggio is yeah. the writer of that one. Oh yeah of um, Strangeland wasn't it mm. <coughs> what is through the Landforge stuff yeah which the, the Bez camp looks pretty good yeah there's a trade paperback coming out called Bez camp looks interesting um, yeah feel bad that I talked for so long so I'm just oh I like that one no spoilers Catalyst Prime no spoilers cover black yeah. no spoilers <laughs> that's um, something we could use a little more of these days yep exactly um, hmm yeah you just hear a page turning now. I apologize, <laughs> listeners. This is what happens when you wing it, you see. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Winging it's my middle name. Um, a lot of umming and eyeing. So, yeah. There is a couple of good stuff. Obligatory shout out for Red Winter. Yep, number three. I think you can still pre order number two, but um, if you aren't on it, probably trade paperback it if you can. Um, Michael, Francisco, Rollins, all awesome people. Try and get on that. 
Then Alan pointed me in the direction of Midnight Sky, also by Scott Comics, which is um, Invasion of the Body Snatchers meets They Live. So sign me up, please. Um, there's also one called The Forever Maps, which looks pretty cool. Um, that's their binge imprint, where it's the first issue. And then a couple of months later, you get the trade. Like Metal Shark Pro. Yep, which I'm going to pick up very soon. Um, I think it's a really cool thing to do. I don't know if it's going to be really successful, but I think it's a nice. It's almost it's an like interesting a, way. It's almost like they stole my idea, because my idea okay. is always like <laughs> give people image firsts, see what they think, yeah, and if they like, like it, it yeah. there's the trade. You know, because almost any image first is only a pound, so it's a case of you know read a couple of stories, see what grabs you, and then if you want to read more, you sort of skipped past uh, Oni Press there. Did I? Um, and there was oh, one in there that was really, it was one that was kind of interesting me, and that's. Uh, Rick and Morty versus Dungeons and Dragons two, Painscape number one. So, uh, sorry, I felt the pressure on me. That's uh, okay. Don't worry. <laughs> that uh, the Rick and Morty versus Dungeons and Dragons first series was a lot was of fun. Brilliant crack. Yeah. Um, say so they really captured the voices of Rick and Morty and the characters in that. And obviously, as a Dungeons and Dragons fan, I appreciated all those references. So, this is the sequel by uh, by Jim Zub, uh, fan favorite, dice dependent Jim Zub of. Uh, Samurai Jack and Savage Sword of Conan uh, and Eisner Award winning cartoonist plus five Troy Little fear in Las Vegas the Powerpuff Girls um, so, so two things you wouldn't put together <laughs> exactly uh, says uh, you thought you could escape think again once upon a game Rick and Morty and the Swiss family went into uh, magical D&D adventures now magical D&D adventures are coming to earth and no one will survive the painscape the world's greatest role playing game returns to plague the world's most dysfunctional animated family and this time we just can't rest in brand name recognition and curiosity to fuel your interest. <laughs> Morty, because no one gives a damn about sequels unless you're uh, they're really good, so no pressure, you king hacks. <laughs> so, yeah, really looking forward to that uh, from Oni Press. Uh, Rick and Morty versus Dungeon Dragons 2. Cool. Um, point you in the direction of this one. Self-made hero at the Mountains of Madness, which is... Something I already have, so I think this must be the re-release. They're just re-releasing Yeah, it. based on that cover art. Um, that is the same artist, yeah. Yeah, so it's uh, N.J. Colbard, and obviously the writer's H.P. Lovecraft, so it's his retelling of it. Um, obviously, How Lovecraft... How versions of At yeah, the Mountains of we've got do you have at this point? Probably three. <laughs> three, <laughs> yeah. but uh, I'm sure there's way more, because we recently, or I recently got... Uh, go uh, Go Tanabe, yeah. who does the... Who's done like a... Oh, it's gorgeous it's absolutely it's manga. gorgeous what yeah. is it yeah it's really so volumes, detailed it? it's so beautiful just a I don't know how long those panels took um, but this one's really good too yeah um, that's the I'd one really that I've recommend. got in the collection yep of the yeah, yeah so yeah, so I'd really recommend yeah, that I must um, get on with that once I get to the bottom of the pile of the endless pile of comic books that I have to read what is that the Walking Dead Typhoon hardcover just spotted it there I'd spot it because I thought it was a blank cover it's Skybound books so Skybound is an imprint of image set it's a set in the expansive world of Robert Kirkland's uh, Walking Dead series three different people in China a rural farmer uh, an urban military veteran and a Chinese American grad student are caught in the typhoon of undead walkers as the virus sweeps over the most populous country in Asia what remains of the Chinese government has estimated 1 billion walkers called Yangshi are currently roaming the country and large groups of survivors have clustered together in the safety of settlements uh, that have been built vertically as a means of protection. A veritable typhoon of walkers is headed towards a settlement 
Uh, with time running out and the stakes higher than anyone can imagine, these three survivors must figure out how to live with the overwhelming odds against them. It's a prose book. It's a, Sounds really interesting. So it's a 400 page uh, novel. Uh, as you say, it's by Skybound, which is, but it's Skybound books rather yeah. than Skybound comics. Not that I'm against books, you understand, just because we talk about comics all the time. You're morally against books. <laughs> Um, Where's my pictures, damn it? <laughs> yeah, um, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> he has spent. I think that's me. Yeah. Hey, that was it, good. So for winging it, that wasn't too bad. Well, we'll yeah. be the judge of that, really. You know. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll <laughs> yeah. listen back to and give you pointers. Send uh, <laughs> send all mail to coffee Smithfield <laughs> 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 Market for attention, all. <laughs> Um, yeah I mean there was one there just towards the end just to throw again a little bit of love out too because it's not been released yet but Blade Runner the comics hitting soon uh, oh, through yeah. Titan Comics looks really interesting with the September releases there that's going to be issue 3 but uh, yeah the issue 1 hasn't come out yet we've pre-ordered quite heavily on it we think it's going to be a big one we so have high hopes yeah definitely yeah. Uh, get on that if you can um, yeah that brings Indy to a head um I like to think I'm a little Ooh. more, a little less winging it and uh, a little more prepared, but probably not much. Probably yeah. not much. Uh, yeah, I'll just throw onto the DC book quickly. Um, so, Year of the Villain is obviously continuing at this point. Um, <laughs> I say it every month, I still don't know what Year of the Villain is. Um, I've started reading the tie in books. Mm-hmm. I'm only a couple in at the moment, but it's very much at the early stage of the story. I think that's what Year of the Villain is. I think it is the tie in books. Yeah, well, that's it. I mean, the Year of the Villain, there's no specific sort of mini series or anything linking it together. It just seems to be that it's a storyline running through the main titles of the DC Universe. Um, it incorporates everything from action comics to Batman to Deathstroke to Superman and all sorts so there do seem to be these uh, one shots they're releasing though Um, there were a couple of different ones last month this month it's the turn of Lex Luthor uh, which curiously is written by Jason Latour Um, Uh I always put him down more of a Marvel guy yeah, um, he's the artist on yeah. Southern Bastards as yeah, well. Not to bring right. up yeah. that title again. <laughs> Someone's hurting a wee bit, doesn't uh, it? It hurts. Something's that good, you know. Uh, but yeah, you've got Lex Luthor, Year of the Villain number one, which is a one shot, and also the Riddler, Year of the Villain number one. So we've got uh, Lex Luthor facing his counterparts across the multiverse, but not every villain gets to be part of the fun. I've seen in the Riddler Year of the Villain as a very displeased Riddler seeks to find out why he wasn't among the recipients of Luthor's dark gifts. Yeah. Um, so yeah, those two one shots look pretty pretty sweet. I really like the sound of the Riddler one of. Um, so Lex Luthor's been making all the offers to all of the villains for what they want, and the Riddler seems to have been overlooked. Um, and it says here that he is most displeased about it. Was this merely an oversight or a deliberate slight? The Riddler is determined to find out. So I quite like the sound of it. Um, if you enjoyed Heroes in Crisis, uh, which you know not everyone at this table did, but I enjoyed yeah. Heroes in Crisis. I would just like to know what it was all about. <laughs> I don't want to buy any more stuff. From well, there's a little spin-off the series off. from Sorry. it, um, <laughs> which I think it, it's a book you're going to know if you want it or not. Anyway, I mean, based on the pairing, so it's Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy. Number one, this is going to be a six-issue mini-series. I think I'll be all right. Uh, written by oh, Jody Hauser not by Tom King and art by Adriana Mello uh, yeah so this is going to be a six issue miniseries following it's basically 
pitch here is the deadliest road trip the DCU has ever seen starts here uh, so I always enjoy Harley and Poison when they're together it can be a fun thing I'll keep an eye out for it and go from there that's not one that I would personally jump on straight away but I'll give the first issue or two a go I really like these facsimile editions and the what the equivalent sort of Marvel yeah. you know where they're reproducing old issues so it's the, the first appearance it's of just, uh, it's Poison really Ivy. interesting given that we recently read that book about DC and Marvel yeah and there's been so many examples of in the last six months yeah, alone. Yeah. You start to notice it. So it was like DC do Action Comics and Detective 1000, Marvel <laughs> do Marvel 1000. Marvel start doing facsimile editions, DC start doing facsimile editions. It's really actually, once you notice it, <laughs> it's hard to, uh, it's whatever, hard to not notice Whatever it. makes money, right? Uh, but yeah, the facsimile edition Keith is alluding to there is Batman 181, which was first appearance of Poison Ivy. Um, that is an issue I'm proud to say I own the original of in my collection I do it's all part of my retirement fund for 30 years from now (laughs) Um, then we move on to what I think personally is the biggest DC title of the month Um, this is Harleen number one Uh, it's uh, writer Stefan Sajic Um, I'm probably mispronouncing that name but uh, he is both writing and drawing Uh, this one it's another Black Label title now Black Label we've talked about in the past not going to go into it too much here but what I will say is that I think they're starting to get their act together with it now Yeah, it's consistent releasing it's you know for six months Batman Down 1 and 2 was the complete representation of Black Label he said it now so that's that buggered (laughs) (laughs) Um, but it was the only representation of Black Label which was this bold new initiative and blah 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 but in the last couple of months there we've got Superman Year One we've got Batman Last Night we now have Harley this is once again going to be a large format um, double sized issue it's going to be one of three uh, with releases every two months Um, but I just really like the sound of the story so Dr. Harleen Quinzel has discovered a revolutionary cure for the madness of Gotham City. She just needs to prove it actually works. But with the criminal justice and mental health establishments united against her, this brilliant young psychologist must take drastic measures to save Gotham from itself. Witness Harleen's first steps on a doomed quest that will give birth to the legendary supervillain Harley Quinn in the stunning reimagining of Harley and Joker's twisted and tragic love affair. Um, I mean, that sounds good as it is, but there's actually a little interview here with Stefan Sajic. And this line I thought was great. Um, so the interviewer asked, what inspired you to tell this story? Um, so he says, it started just after I saw the movie Batman or Assault on Arkham, which is one of the DC animated movies. I remember looking at Harley Quinn and the Joker and thinking, these two are like a smutty romance novel taken to its logical conclusion instead of an ideal one. She is there to save him from the darkness. In the romance novel, she would succeed. Here, it is the opposite. <laughs> I just thought that sounded really, really cool. Um, you know, he says, like, Harleen and Quinzel is flawed. She's made bad decisions in life that have followed her ever since. Um, but, yeah, I really like the idea of exploring the character more when she was a doctor. Um, before, obviously, the madness kicks in. Yeah, me too. Yeah, it's, it's actually, I hadn't really noticed it. But, that, I mean, I'm not a big fan of Harley, so... Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it's that sort it's sort of like everything it's like do I want another origin story no it just makes me groan when I hear it um, but that sounds class you really had one you haven't, yeah that's what I mean yeah you haven't really yeah. you haven't mm. got an origin well, he is, per se. he's the, the writer the artist the cover artist and the variant cover artist yeah uh, so, Stepan Shejik uh, I think you know where he's from 
Croatia. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we went to Croatia recently. <laughs> um, yeah, so I really recommend Harleen. I mean, we're, we're recording this now. The previews books have been available in store for about two weeks. We've already 25 people on Harleen. Like, it's oh. proven really popular really quickly. Um, so I, I have high hopes for it. Uh, then we move on to Legion of Superheroes, Millennium, number one. This is going to be number one of two. This seems to be another uh, big thing that Brian Michael Bendis is curating um, through his time at DC. Uh, it's going to be a 40-pager, as I say, one of two. It seems to have a, uh, a variety of artists, Jim Lee's working on it, Dustin and Gu and Andrea Sorrentino, amongst others. I'll admit, Legion of Superheroes is not something I'm overly familiar with. Nope. Um, so I'm hoping this will be a good segue into what will inevitably be a launch of a main title. So I'll definitely be giving this a go. I've been enjoying Ben This is Superman stuff. Uh, I've enjoyed the kickoff of Event Leviathan. Um, so yeah, look forward to that. Um, I mean, it's it's clearly it looks like it's a. I mean, the thing about the Legion of Superheroes is they, as I understand it, perpetually exist a thousand years in the future of the DC universe, regardless of where the DC universe is. So. We haven't seen the Legion of Superheroes since Rebirth. Yeah, uh, since before that, I guess. So we're going to see what that future looks like, and it, it says that, um, you know, this this for the first time connects the DC universe's future timelines. Starting the enlightenment of DC heroes, as she learns to cope with a newfound immortality and roams through the disparate societies of Batman Beyond. Commandy and Tommy Tomorrow. So Batman Beyond, that's always of interest to me. So you've always had these futures that you never quite were sure where they existed in the, the timeline, you know. Yeah. So or if they were alternate futures or if they were else worlds or whatever else, you know. So this is obviously going to bring all that into line with with the the DC timeline. Mm -hmm. Um I don't yeah, yeah, but yeah, Legion of Superheroes has never really been something I've been terribly interested in. Yeah, and then we turn the page to see good old DC and their uh, lengths of titles <laughs> increase as ever. Uh, we had Heroes in Crisis went from seven to nine. We had six to seven. So deceased, this is going to be a one shot, but whether it's going to be one of one one shot or one of three one shots, I don't know. But for me, deceased so far, it, it's garnered an awful lot of goodwill with me, so I have no problem there being a wee one shot thrown in. Obviously, we've talked. And that's probably exactly why they're marketing it. <laughs> well, it goes back to. Oh no! Buy another one. <laughs> I mean, Let's throw some variants in. What I what I throw this in as well. I'll be clicking all the variants anyway. That's, <laughs> that's beyond. You know, Martina's doing one. Yasmin Pudra's doing the other. But this goes back to what um, Keith has talked about in the past with regards to um, Amazing Superman Hunted. So you had some tie-in ones, but the key for it was that it was the same writer as the main title. Mm -hmm. So they were worth getting. So this is Tom Taylor. At least it's not, here's a deceased yeah. one shot, but he's not writing it. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, deceased, a good day to die, number one. I have no problem. Plus it explores the word of Mr. Miracle, so I'm definitely on board. Deceased so far for me has just been a hell of a lot of fun. It's just throwaway fun. It's, you know, it's as deep as a puddle. But, you know, it's just a lot of fun to see these characters treated in a way where they're expendable. Yeah. You know, it's not like, 
oh you can't do that we have to sell comics for starring this guy next month and for the next 50 years is it's this, just is, a lot of fun is this sort of a looks like a what is everybody else doing during the season essentially yeah, yeah I mean they mention um, Mr. Terrific they mention Big Barda John Constantine Mr. Miracle Booster Gold um, so yeah I can get on board with that and it's a good size one shot as well 48 pages so um Obviously, we'd spoken before about a title that had spun out of Heroes in Crisis. While Harley and Ivy may not be my thing, this is definitely my thing. Oh, thanks um, my thing too. So this one's called Flash Forward. It's going to be number one of six. And it comes with the tagline of The Redemption of Wally West Begins Here. So obviously, when we left Heroes in Crisis, Wally was not in a good place, to say the least. Um, this is going to be written by Scott Lobdell, with art by Brett Booth and Norm Rapmund. Um so the blurb for this one is his name is Wally West and he was the fastest man alive that is until the multiverse was rewritten without him or his family in it Wally returned and tried to make it work but the damage was done spinning out of the events of Heroes in Crisis follow the man who called himself Flash on an adventure to find redemption in a cosmos that has fought so very hard to destroy him so yeah again we've already had a good few pre-orders for that one so I highly recommend jumping on that and it's, it's interesting Scott Lobdell used to be uh, one of those writers who was omnipresent certainly amongst in Marvel um, in the 90s uh, but I haven't seen any Scott Lobdell stuff I haven't seen his name in anything for ages he was he was Excalibur and he was Fantastic Four and he was the creator of Generation X um, he's written Iron Man he wrote The Adventures of Cyclops and Phoenix um, Alpha Flight so I mean I haven't I haven't seen his Uncanny X-Men and Wildcats and stuff so it's really nice to see see his name again actually yeah and, and just the, the content of the series as well just I think that'll definitely be one to keep an eye out for that yeah. could be a bit of a wee a wee sleeper hit that one mm-hmm. um, so from sleeper hit to uh, blockbuster I suppose uh, Batman Curse of the White Knight will be on number three by the time September rolls around uh, number one again, I believe, might be next week, off the top of my head. So get on board that because that's going to be a great title. Um, if the first White Knight's anything to go by, uh, another interesting looking one, a new title called Gotham City Monsters. Number one, written by Steve Orlando, who I have full faith in simply because the Martian Manhunter series is oh, it's so good, bloody yeah. fantastic. Read issue six of it last night, the most recent one. <laughs> It's uh, it was almost a complete backstory. Did you? I haven't read it already. Yet, no. No. So it's pretty much the backstory of what yeah. happened to John's family. It's brilliant, oh. absolutely brilliant. Um, so yeah, Gotham City Monsters is going to be a six-issue miniseries. It's going to focus on characters such as Killer Croc, Lady Clayface, Orca, Andrew Bennett, who is a massively underappreciated character, was in a great new fifty-two series called I Vampire. Um, so yeah that's going to be six issues as well it's going to focus on maybe a, a side of the, the DC universe we don't see too often mm-hmm. yeah. um, so I, I'll look forward to that uh, Inferior 5 I have no idea um, I've always known it as a bit of a comedy title Keith Giffen and Jeff Lemire Jeff Lemire would have my attention definitely um, so it's going to be a 12 issue maxi series uh, this seems to be DC's thing taking sort of lesser known characters and giving them Mm. Maxi series, you know, you look at um, Raven, Daughter of Darkness, you look at Mr. Miracle, you look at Marshall Manhunter. Uh, so, for this one, it is the citizens of Dangerfield, Arizona, are beset by strange going ons after the invasion that rocked the DC universe. But only five misfit kids seem to notice them. 
Can they uncover what's happening before some sinister force collects them all? Find out in this new maxi-series. And in the backup feature with story and art by Jeff Lemire, the Peacemaker is on a top-secret mission from Checkmate and Amanda Waller to find the mysterious weapon before the Russians can. So, yeah, it could be interesting. I'll always give the first issue of anything a go. And go from there. Uh, over the page, you get um, DC's new dollar comics. That is replacing... I mean, that's the equivalent of Image Firsts and yep. uh, the, the Marvel equivalent. Well, and True Believers. True, and is this, is, it, is this New Year's replacing something? Um, it's... DC first. They, they did have a one called DC Essentials. That's what it was. Um, yeah. Which they did for a while, but they haven't done new ones for quite a while. Yeah. It's an interesting selection of titles for it, though. So, again, we were talking earlier about Image Firsts and being like the number one of something, you know, give it a go. It's almost like a taster and then decide if you want the whole story. Now, there's two undoubted classics here that they're doing, which is a uh, dollar comic reprint of Batman 608 which was the first issue of the famous Hush storyline by Jeff Loeb and Jim Lee and then the other bona fide classic is Crisis on Infinite Earths number one uh, by Marv Wolfman and George Perez and Dick Giordano and obviously the, the gist of these is you can probably get all these stories and trade paper bags so you read the first issue and then you go I need that trade paper bag exactly um, the other two uh, I'm guessing is in line with Obviously, we're about to get a Batwoman TV show spinning out of our own Flash, uh, which I recently watched The Elseworlds, which introduced her, mm-hmm. and it was quite a successful introduction. We'll see whether I stick with it, but I'll definitely catch That's the first episode or played two. Played by your girl from Orange is the Ruby New Rose, Black. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you've got Detective Comics 854. By Greg Rucka. By Greg Rucka, which <laughs> is never a bad thing. Uh, art by J.H. Williams III. And then the other one is uh, Harley Quinn number one. This was the new 52 debut of Harley Quinn, and I believe the first time Amanda Connor and Jimmy Palmiotti worked in the character. And then they were on Harley Quinn, I think, for six years. They a massive epic run. Um, so yeah those will just be some sort of cheaper alternatives if you fancy like a starting point for a new story um, so that pretty much does it for all the newer titles um, you then go into the DC part where it's the continuation of uh, the main titles kicking off with uh, Action Comics 2015 it's the first appearance of uh, Wonder Comics Brian Michael Bendis' Wonder Comics Naomi yeah. in, the, in the mainstream uh, but guest starring Batman of course because okay. you know he's not in enough titles um, so yeah a lot of this stuff continues uh, Aquaman 52 Backer 39 let's just skip past Batman 78 and 79 except to say oh Clay Man on art he's, yeah. good. he's good artist yeah um, you continue with Batman Beyond number 36 um I have said this many times, I really need to borrow Keith's collection of Batman Beyond yeah you should and interestingly there you've got uh You've got, uh, if you look at the, the cover, Alan, the, the Flash on the cover looks very much like the Flash from, from Flash Year, year One. one. Yeah, that's uh, the older Flash. Uh, interesting. Well, that could be cool. Uh, um, yeah, it's a great uh, Batman Beyond. It's just great. Uh, get into it with the comics, the, the cartoon series, and never get out of it again. Um, over the page, you've got Batman Superman number two. Now, this is one that, again, hasn't launched just yet. And again, I would recommend jumping on it because... As I always say, follow creators and Joshua Williams. Joshua Gibson. Great, great writer. Um, this spins out of Batman Who Laughs. It does indeed, yes. Yeah. So uh, the, the gist of what I've seen of it so far is that basically the Batman Who Laughs can infect established DC characters and turn them evil for a this short period the, of time. Is kind of the return of the, is it the Secret Seven? Yeah. Yeah. 
So um, I like. The, I must say, I'm really looking forward to Batman Superman launching. Yeah, and it's just going to be a six issue mini to kick things off. So I hadn't realised when I initially saw it that it was Joshua Williamson. So yeah, all over that. Uh, you've got continuous the Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles three, Batman versus Ra's Al Ghul. Um, again, that's going to be a six issue mini, and that is Neil Adams on art and writing. I find Neil Adams can be a little up and down, but if you dug the story that he wrote in. Detective 1000 this is that was the prelude for the series um, then you've got the DC Vertigo stuff not for much longer uh, as obviously we found out recently Vertigo as an imprint is going to cease production DC are going to rebrand slightly uh, so so I wonder will they will they take that opportunity to pull maybe some of the, the Sandman stuff that they introduced that maybe isn't doing so well or well it's interesting you say that because today there was that announcement that to celebrate a year of the Sandman universe titles there's going to be a Constantine one shot which is then going to launch into a Constantine ongoing yes so whether that'll replace one of the other ones or will be an extra title guess we'll wait and see um then we have your boy, Ronnie, <laughs> back on Catwoman. Randy. For good or um, wonder? See, I have this theory uh, with Catwoman that it's only going to last up until Tom Keane's Batman run ends. And then they're going to uh, converge yeah, into yeah. that Batman-Catwoman title. But Catwoman's been primarily the brainchild of Joel Jones, but Ram V has been a guest writer. Hey, he's done really well. Oh, there was one issue was wonderful. Yeah. It was a heist, heist issue, one. yeah, based on like the cha cha cha. There was some great stuff. Oh it. yes, okay. It was really really good. So the other thing that's notable here, um, just for you variant collectors, is that um, this is going to be Art Germ's last variant on Catwoman, and it's very much the Michelle Pfeiffer Catwoman from Batman Returns. That absolutely awful movie from the early nineties, but, but why? It did look good. He's just said that's that's far that's as he's going. He's moving on to a different title. Oh right. So um, yeah, that's that. Uh, you've got Collapser number three again. Number one hasn't launched just yet, but looks pretty interesting. Uh, Detective Comics continues. Peter J. Tomasi still on writing duties. Been enjoying Detective since the relaunch from one thousand. Um, so we'll continue with that. Uh, Doom Patrol: Way of the Worlds. I haven't personally read, but I have it on good authority. Stephen. That it was good, uh, so I'll give that a go. Event Leviathan, I'm enjoying that as well. Uh, the Flash continues. Joshua Williamson still on writing duties there, so yeah, this feels like a wee bit of a, like a wee bit of a rounding up. Yeah, uh, I mean the storyline's called the Death of the Speed Force, so and he squares off against new Force users, uh, Fuerza, Steadfast, and Psych, who are all characters that he's met over the past year or so yeah. here her users of the other forces um, and he must convince them to unite and find a cure for the dying speed force so I don't know if this is if, he's, if Joshua Williams may be working up to some sort of a conclusion well yeah I mean I, I, again it goes back to a theory I had that I think next year everything's going back to number one Okay, but I say that and then we listen to that Tom Keane podcast with I fanboy highly recommend by the way great yeah. interview That's fantastic and he said in that interview that DC had something special planned for Batman 100 uh huh so I don't know if yeah uh, we'll yeah but then, but then Batman 100 is further away than you think because Batman's going back to single shipping yeah so it's coming off two cut two books a month going back to one book a month so yeah so that's another six 22 so a year and a half at yeah, least uh-huh. but I'm just curious just, nearly, um, nearly two years by the time yeah because I, I don't think I would want to be the guy that's writing Batman 86 you know but 
you'd prefer almost to be the person writing Batman number one. You know, so we'll wait and see. But maybe yeah, the Flash is winding down. Uh, Green Lantern number eleven continues to be utterly bonkers and wonderful. Uh, latest issue of that was great. Issue nine trade is now available. Uh, hardcover for six for the first volume. Yep, for okay. six. Uh, what else we got? Worthy of note, Justice League, which is Keith's favorite title. Half Rem- of it is good. remarkably consistent the whole way, the whole time. Well, all of the issues here seem to be written by Schneider and Tinian and the Fourth. Yeah. So I know that you like that. You feel that maybe Tinian the Fourth reigns Schneider in a little bit, um, and it, you know just stops him losing himself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then you turn to one hundred percent James Tinian the Fourth uh, joint, which is Justice League Dark Fifteen, and it's a great title. If you haven't read Just Like Dark, highly recommend getting on it. Uh, Lois Lane read the first issue the other night. Very impressed with it. Don't know why I'm surprised. Greg Rucka is always a great writer. And a special mention just for that great simple cover of a uh, typewriter with uh, a page coming out of it that says the word truth. And then just a couple of blood spatters. Just very simple but very effective uh, cover. And then, yeah, let's see. Let's... uh, normal Rick Grayson watch here let's see uh, yep uh, captive to lure Rick into his grasp yep, so, so he's still Rick okay. still Rick Grayson yep. in September Keith apologies Four. thank you Dan Jurgens <laughs> uh, Shazam's winding down that's been a great series with Jeff Johns um, Superman continuing again has been very very good that's uh, Superman uh, number 15 featuring the Legion of Superheroes yep so Legion of Superheroes seems to be massive this month Yep, they're definitely working towards that. There's Wildcats, which I know is one you're looking forward oh, to. Oh, really Keith. looking forward to it, yeah. Issue one of that actually launches in August, so it'll be issue two by September. A uh-huh. uh, couple of the usual titles to finish off, Wonder Woman and so forth. And then you've got the um, the collection at the back, which is, uh, these were the um, the Walmart specials that were initially exclusive to Walmart in the States, but they're now released them as mini-series. There's a Batman story by Brian Michael Bendis. First issue launches tomorrow. Uh, Superman up in the sky first issue that was wonderful Tom King riding up in the sky and they're also doing Titans and Wonder Woman there and then just a few trades to finish kind of interesting picking up that American Carnage trade paperback about the it's very interesting yeah, you know, Alan and I reading it yeah, yeah it's, it's been be, good yeah. so far it's got a real scalp type mm. bullets feel to it very cool um I know you guys aren't massively ones for absolute editions, but Day Tripper is. Oh, Day Tripper! I love Day Tripper. It is amazing. Gabriel Ba and Fabio Moon. But a Vertigo title. Yeah, well, so I, I really hope it doesn't get. I don't think they'll write Vertigo out of existence or anything. I think they just won't produce new material on it. You know. Um, I staring at the page, still in disbelief. I'm just going to turn it. Uh, <laughs> That's uh, Doomsday Clock Part One hardcover. Mm. Uh-huh. Why would you release part one of a twelve-issue mini-series after ten issues have been out? And by this point, cash, cash fingers cash. crossed, eleven is out. <laughs> but you know what I mean. But but I understand if you want to break it into two, release it after issue six, because mm-hmm. then people oh, will yeah, yeah. read it and maybe go, "Oh, I can't wait for this. So I'm going to get the singles." It, it's a little strange to me. It, it's a lovely looking cover, and I think it will be a nice two-part cover because the cover is sort of half of Superman's face. With a Watchmen character standing in front of him, my marionette, Ozymandias, Rorschach, and the comedian. So I get the feeling part two will be Dr. Manhattan's face with Batman, Wonder Woman, whatever in front. I think they have a cheek releasing it as hardcover, two hardcovers. I think they have a bloody cheek. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, 
Watchmen was never released as two graphic novels. I, I, I just don't understand them. You know, I, you know me, I, Mr. DC, I'll defend what to do, but yeah. I, that makes no sense to me whatsoever. And it is just a cash grab. And yeah, I hate saying that, but just as I'm saying there, Justice <coughs> League Dark Volume 2, Lords of Order. That was a wonderful Dr. Fate storyline again. Highly recommend that. Um, got Superman Volume 1, the first volume of Bendis' stuff coming to trade paperback. It's only currently released as a hardcover. Superman Red Sun, just a little bit of love for that. If that you've never read it, unreal uh-huh. book. That is one of the very, very best Superman stories. That's an Elseworlds story written by Mark Miller, uh, which is basically all about what would happen if Superman's ship had have landed in 1950s Soviet Union as opposed to in America. Uh, worth reading just for the character Batmanikov, which is just wonderful stuff. And that is everything for me. That is DC. For September, unless you want a life-sized Harley Quinn one-to-one statue that stands 68 inches tall, and because DC loves the number 52, it will cost you five thousand two hundred dollars. Life-size. Life-size one-to-one, and the less said about that, DC Gallery Nightfall Batman coil, the better. Uh, you know, that one though. No? It's not no. pretty. It's not pretty. <laughs> So I thought it looked a bit like Soundwave from Transformers. Like, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. 90s Batman was not its best era. <laughs> well, I should say early early 90s. Although I'm saying that Nightfall is a good story, but it's just dated a wee bit. Um, Keith, take it away. All right. Sweet. So we're getting into the, uh, the, the Marvel uh, edition of uh, our uh, September 2019 previews. And... Uh, we're kicking off. Obviously, we're we're pushing through into yeah. We've got some really nice one sheets of uh, Powers of X uh, number four and House of X number four. But uh, the first book we're looking at is Spider Man number one of five by J G Abrams uh, of Lost Fame, Fringe uh, Fame, Fringe Fame, Alias Fame. Yeah, all of that Star Trek's probably more yeah. known now for Force Awakens yeah, and Upcoming we've, Rise of the Skywalker um, Super 8 which is underappreciated oh fantastic yeah love letter to Stephen King brilliant or not Stephen King sorry Steven Spielberg Super 8 Super 8's great yeah, yeah. really yeah. great Strange, um, Stranger Things before Stranger Things yes yeah. absolutely it was um, and uh, yeah hopefully the new uh, the new rudder for the DC extended universe yeah uh, but anyway J.G. Abrams and his uh, son Henry Abrams uh, Sarah Pacelli uh, have got their hands on uh, on a Spider-Man book, so a five-issue series. Um, the most shocking and incredible comic of 2019 is here, as J.J. Abrams, uh, Star Wars, Star Trek and Super 8, and his son Henry Abrams, nothing, um, <laughs> has joined, joined by superstar uh, of Miles Morales, Sarah Pacelli, uh, to team up for Spider-Man. Uh, what do they have planned for Peter Parker and Mary Jane Watson? Who is Cadaverous? Uh, the modern master of mystery makes his marvel this <laughs> September. That's quite that's, very good. That is that is worthy of Stan. Curse Comics Cavalcade. Yeah. Esque yeah. There. What was that? The the modern master of mystery makes his marvel this September. Uh, very nice. Yeah, so. this this was a strange one though for me because the way they announced it on Twitter was really deliberate and slightly misleading because they launched with a, a spider web four. Yeah. Now it would have been different if they did like a countdown from five, which is a normal countdown. Or three. But four is a very specific number in the Marvel Universe. Fantastic and four. It, even Spider-Man for everyone was thinking we're getting uh, the Sam Raimi script in comic book I, form. I think that was a, ma- <laughs> was a massive reach. 
Massive reach. But is is that less likely than oh but no it's a Spider Man title from JJ Abrams yeah. and his son. You yeah. know what I mean? Wishful thinking right it was now. just a weird way of announcing it. Um people there has been a little bit of backlash on this about, you know, the fact that his son has been given, you know, the keys to the kingdom with the biggest Marvel character of them all. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I would argue that Marvel are not stupid unless they had a good story to tell. I don't think they'd really you know, just say, Yep, you work away. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a case of Jesus is a more interesting story than we thought pre-orders are strong in this one um, a lot of people are loving the Spidey titles at the moment and obviously with this one only being five issues might be a good one to uh, good one to catch yeah I mean is it in continuity is it out of continuity I'm not sure um, as I say we don't know we don't know anything about uh, Henry Abrams writing yeah you know but Sarah Pacelli is a fantastic artist so it's gonna, it looks gorgeous the pages yeah. are the pages are fantastic um, would be really interesting if uh, the first comic that J.J. Abrams you know wrote was uh, you know was a Spider-Man comic if he's if he's going to be potentially taking over the DC Extended Universe <laughs> <laughs> you know again that's just conjecture but yeah looking forward to this it looks gorgeous um, no idea who Cadaverous might be um, okay, uh, let's see what's next. Um, yeah, it looks, looks lovely. Uh, so next up is uh, Strike Force number one by Tini Howard, uh, Jermaine Peralta. Uh, only reason I really noticed it is because Blade's on it. I love Blade the Vampire Hunter. Um, from the dark uh, minds of rising stars, Tini Howard and uh, German Peralta comes the tale of the underside of the Marvel Universe. A new threat is secretly taking over the planet, and the more people who know about it, the more powerful the threat becomes. Blade dealt with this threat before and hoped to never to again. Uh, he can't bring the Avengers in on this, not just for their own safety, but for the safety of everyone on Earth. So he must recruit a team of heroes accustomed to darkness, a strike force. Blade, Angela, Spider-Woman, Wiccan, the Winter Soldier. Monica Rambo and Damon Hellstrom uh, join forces to fight the fights that no other Marvel team can take on. It's an ongoing series. Um, let's see, it would have seemed more suited to, uh, uh, to uh, like a, a mini series or something. But yeah, certainly I'll pick I would up. I'd say this. This almost sounds like obviously I was going on quite a bit there about how good Justice League Dark is. This sounds like almost an equivalent. Yeah, the actually, side now, of now you mention it, you're exactly um, right. You know, once they say things like they can't bring in the normal big heroes and yeah. Um, so yeah I'll look forward to that I mean the only exposure I've had with Strike Force of any kind was Tom Taylor's one shot during War of the Realms yeah which also featured Blade isn't that right yeah yeah. Uh-huh. so uh, and Winter Soldier's in there as well so can't complain never a bad thing yeah cool so uh, Strike Force looking, looking nice and that has a, a variant cover by Mike Deodato Jr um, as I say he's finishing up his work from Marvel heading towards more creator own stuff yeah uh, so we'll be we'll be sort of right in the heart of uh, of the the two six part uh, mini series that Jonathan Hickman is curating writing uh, House of X and Powers of X uh, one being the uh, retelling of the X Men's history the other being the current story of the the X Men's history so not too much to be said about that Hickman is fantastic when it comes to long form storytelling when it comes to to, to deep storytelling. Uh, the stuff that he did in Fantastic Four, Avengers, and Secret Wars. Um, so, still, still time to get pre-orders in for that yeah. as well. It's by uh, then. It's up to issues what four, and yeah. five, four and four. So, uh, yeah, the uh, the first issues of those haven't launched yet. But yeah, w- with Hickman, get ready for a 
for some great storytelling, as yeah. you say, some very much long form storytelling. Yeah, so I mean, the, the, the byline of this is that the future of the X Men begins here. Heard it before, but with, with Hickman, I sort of believe it. I'm really, really, uh, the past 10 years or so, the X Men have not been where they should be when it comes to the milieu of, of Marvel characters. So I'd be really, and there's a reason for that, the reason for that being that Fox, Fox owned the rights, owned the rights mm-hmm. to the X Men movies, and obviously. Uh, Marvel sort of thought, well, actually, you know, when producing comics, we're really just advertising their movies for them. You know what I mean? So now that that's why they took the Fantastic Four off the market. For exactly, a couple of years. exactly. But of course, now they've got those properties back. You know, I mean, whether or not that's a good policy, you know, yeah. what I mean, comics are their own thing. But uh, now they've got those rights back. Clearly, they're ready, ready to reinvigorate the X Men and put them back where possibly they possibly they should be. So, really keen to see where this goes under under Hickman. And we've got uh, we've got some great covers there. One of Apocalypse walking out of the swamp. Uh, one of a the new Professor X and his, his various X Men around them, and one of uh, one of my favourite Marvel villains, Mister Mister Sinister. But there's been a great uh, there's been a couple of great um, one pages, one sheets in some of the comics, mm-hmm. and it's just titled uh, Jonathan Hickman. Well, I don't know if it's Powers of X or House of X. The most important scene in X Men history. I don't know if you've seen it. And it's just yeah. a, it's just an image of of young Jean Grey's face and no. a younger Professor X face and then young Jean Grey and then Professor X just putting his finger up to his temple and then the next is just Professor X with a sort of shocked look on his face and Jean just looking exactly the same so I don't know what it's I mean if that's a reference to the Phoenix or you know but uh, really interesting stuff did you so. see Hickman's tweet on that though so no Marvel were advertising this as the most important scene in X-Men history and Hickman retweeted it and he went this is wrong Oh, this really? is the most important scene in comics history. Well. <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was very good cool uh, I mean that's a lot of hype to live up to of course <laughs> I don't think he, he doesn't seem to be worried yeah, you know, very, he's tongue about himself. very tongue in cheek uh, so Marvel's uh, Marvel Comics number 1000 from uh, which includes every writer and every artist ever from last month uh, continues this month with Marvel Comics number 1001 um, it's a 40, 40 page book uh, the biggest story in Marvel Comics history continues. It was a story too large for one issue. With too, too many classic creators who wanted to be part of it. So the party continues with this additional celebratory issue featuring additional secrets and revelations about the Eternity Mask and the person who now wears it. So, yeah, okay, I'm in. Okay, fair enough. Venom has wings. Interesting. Um, cool, so interested in, in that, I guess. Uh, we're right in the middle of Absolute Carnage well, actually towards the end of Absolute Carnage the summer of slaughter um, in September uh, it hasn't started yet so we really know little about it the, yeah. the general idea being that you know Carnage is assembling uh, the various codexes from various uh, characters who have hosted symbiotes over the years um, so in order to bring back the symbiote god uh, so yeah interested I'll pick up the ones that I have been picking up probably uh, a few of the miniseries and one shots but not too much I don't think because there's loads <laughs> loads uh, Absolute Carnage Symbiote of Vengeance uh, by Ed Breeson I'll be an interesting one. Carnage is hunting down the previous symbiote hosts for codexes that will unlock a direct link to the symbiote god Null. I think I just said that. Uh, and he's not asking nicely. He's taking them by force, which means former Ghost Rider Alejandro Jones is next on his hit list. With Johnny Blaze preoccupied as Hell's King, 
it's up to Danny Ketch to ride again to keep Alejandro out of Carnage's clutches so I'm a huge uh, Danny Ketch Ghost Rider fan everybody loves Johnny Blaze uh, Danny Ketch was the Ghost Rider of the 80s and 90s so you know he's my Ghost Rider <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm looking forward to seeing Danny back we've got a it looks like a, we've got a one shot of uh, Symbiote Spider-Man by Peter David who's the writer of Symbiote Spider-Man so that would be the, an example of the sort of tie-in I would pick up Yeah, you know because it gives us something a wee bit extra of Symbiote Spider-Man says during its first visit to New York the alien symbiote that would uh, come to be known as Venom bonded with a host that wasn't Spider-Man or Eddie Brooke face front true believers as this mysterious man meets his destiny at the hands of Carnage because obviously the symbiote was the symbiote costume was the original symbiote bonded with this mysterious man he has a codex inside him Carnage is going to be looking for him but yeah a little bit of untold untold history of Symbiote Spider-Man so it even fits with the theme of Symbiote Spider-Man so Mm -hmm. happy enough with that Uh, Venom ties in there's a few other bits and pieces tying in Um, moving on The Web of Black Widow number one of five by Jodie Hauser and Stephen Mooney Stephen Mooney's familiar with us uh, for his work on Half Past Danger Danger, which is a bloody fantastic set of titles yeah Yeah. it's always an easy one to pitch to people because it's in the Alan Jones means Jurassic Park absolutely and you just can't come up with a better byline for it yeah yeah yeah. and if that wasn't enough the second volume is called Dead to Rights (laughs) so this is they're, they're marketing this as effectively Black Widow year one uh, one of Marvel's longest-running female heroes finally gets her due. Um, I think probably we're looking at this finally because we're we're going to be seeing a Black Widow movie, Black which Widow, yeah. I would imagine, given the events of Endgame, is also going to be a year one style yeah. origin. Um, lovely, lovely variant cover there uh, by I'm not sure who, but that's fantastic. Yeah, the main ones, Youngin Yoon. And yeah. potentially if it's Chris Anka because he's the first one named or yeah, okay. at the top. Cool. Black Widow and Traded Right can be or no, can be great storytelling. Is that the main cover? That's, that's the, the variant. But oh, okay, that, that is that the main That could cover. be the main cover on the right. Oh, lovely. Yeah, there was a great um, twelve issue Black Widow series that I loved, which was um, from my favorite Daredevil team. It was Mark Wade and Chris Stanley. Uh-huh. It was twelve issues. But swear yeah. it was fantastic um, it was really really bloody damn good um, highly recommend that if you've never got into it I know Black Widow obviously was written quite a lot by um, Brubaker yes runs on Black Widow yeah, uh-huh. so there's there's good stuff there so with that yeah. being a wee 5 issue I think I'll jump on that myself be very espionage heavy I'd imagine yeah. um, I might uh, I might be convinced uh but here's one you won't be convinced for. Oh, definitely not. This is one that I've been looking looking forward to. So this is King Thor number one of four by the man himself, Mr. Jason Aaron, and uh, Eastside Ribich. Um, so this this is this four part series is going to be the conclusion of one part of their epic Thor storyline. So from from the start of Jason Aaron's run, he followed three versions of of Thor. I think we've talked about this before. Um, I know you have. I certainly have. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I will convince you to read this the same way as Roddy and I have convinced Stephen to read Transformers. <laughs> but, but no, uh, it wasn't Stephen. That was, was Kieran. Was it Kieran? Yeah, Kieran. Okay. Um, so they, they but wrote, we'll convince Stephen too. We so. will. We absolutely <laughs> should. Uh, so they wrote about three Thors, three versions of Thor: the young, uh, ballsy Thor who was hanging out with Vikings and drinking in their in their longhouses and 
vanquishing you know the enemies of Vikings. He was their god on the ground. He was very much you know worship me as I sit at the end of your table, you know, being here. Then we have our Thor, the, the modern day Thor, the Thor of the Avengers, um, who has in that time gone through something of a journey. You know, he's uh, he's become unworthy of, of Mjolnir. He's lost an arm. Um, you know, all of these all of these things. And the third was King Thor. The old Thor who exists at the end of the universe, um, you know he he's there he's there at the dying of the the dying of our universe, um, trying to trying to keep the light alive. So this this is the end of that story of King Thor. Um, so the creators of the and this this will be going hand in hand and it'll be running at the same time as the end of Jason Aaron's Thor run, which starts in Thor maybe 16. Thor number sixteen. Uh, so I think those, I think they're probably, I would imagine they're probably perfectly planned to finish at the same time. Um, you know, uh, I said you know again. <laughs> so the creators of the legendary Thor God of Thunder series that kicked off uh, the one of the most epic runs in Marvel history are back together for one last ride with the Almighty Lord of Asgard. Seven years ago, seven years, uh, Jason and Isad introduced uh, the Thor of the future. Uh, all father of a broken realm and a dying universe as he stood uh, in battle against the butcher of the gods wielder of the all black necrosword uh, the god butcher yeah. now the nefarious blade has been returned to, in the hands of Thor's all time greatest enemy his brother Loki oh this is cool it's giving me chills <laughs> <laughs> for one final cataclysmic showdown behold the book no, no comic fan should miss the celebration of the end of a truly marvellous era so this this is this is great because this is harking back to the God Butcher, which was the first story in Jason Aaron's run, uh, and the Necrosword. So they're they're tying this up beautifully with having the Necrosword appear, which has has gone through and it's been used in Donny Kate's Venom, you know, and yeah. all of this sort of stuff. It's more of the realms a wee bit. Uh, so yeah, really really pulling this, really pulling this. Uh, Really pulling it's like this. being at the Oscars, really there, was playing it? off your uh, <laughs> playing off your talking of just Aaron Store. Yeah, so they're really they're really writing this up beautifully. They're really writing this up beautifully. So I'm All right, really, well, here's yeah. a fun question: Can you even remember where you were seven years ago when this started? Oh God, um, I was living in Cambridge. I was probably here. <laughs> you were. <laughs> you were in this. You were in this room. Oh God, I've been in Belfast two years. I was. Yeah, no, uh, no, nope, nope. not not <laughs> specifically. I couldn't. Have, I was living in Port Stewart somewhere, I think. Um, couldn't tell you. Long time ago. And ask that question about Walking Dead sixteen years ago, uh, and that's a whole other uh, whole other <laughs> question. University for me, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, probably university for me as well. But I was there for about ten years. So <laughs> anyway, moving on. Uh, no, don't make me leave. Obviously, we've got great writing here. We've got fantastic. You said Rebecca Um so yeah, Jim Zob is uh, with Lan Medina is kicking off Black Panther and the Agents of Wakanda series, spinning out of Jason Aaron's Avengers. Um, seems to be the the stranger side of the Marvel universe: vampires, aliens, angry fish kings. Black Panther's handpicked Agents of Wakanda can handle it all, and who better to lead them? The king of the world's most technologically evolved country. Wakanda is making waves in the world's map, and not everyone is a fan. Uh, with General Okoye's help, T'Challa will take Gorilla Man, Kazar, and the Wasp on a global fight for survival. To handle threats, shield could only dream of. So obviously, 
Yeah, there you are. Shield is these guys are sort of replacing Shield a wee bit. So it's been a great story. The the idea of the agents of Wakanda working with the Avengers. Um, so uh, yeah, pretty cool. We've got some uh, immortal variant covers. The startling transformations in Marvel on a uh, on Amazing Spider-Man twenty nine. Until like the Midnight, Midnight one. Annual. Yeah, yeah, same. Obviously based on the Immortal Hulk's transformation. Yeah, there was yeah. a second printing for one of the Immortal Hulk issues, and that was that's what it was. It was a wraparound cover. Mm. Where you would see that uh, see that transformation, and that's interesting because all of those characters are inside Midnight's head. Yeah, I think that's uh, definitely the best one. That uh, that Spider Man one is that is that um, Mark Bagley, yeah, and the the thing one's fantastic because we've got Ben Grimm morphing from Ben Grimm's human self to the thing with that interim version of the thing that was in the early yeah. stages in between, and some cosmic rays in the background, and there's Venom. He's just all teeth and tongue. Um, uh, anything else here History of the Marvel Universe number 3 of 6 by Mark Wade hasn't started yet That's is that yeah, released this month? definitely one to yeah. jump on to yeah. really looking forward to that um, there's a number of different one shots uh, Jason Aaron's Avengers continues with uh, the challenge of the Ghost Rider so we're bringing Cosmic Ghost Rider into uh, the land of the Avengers here so uh, let's see how that goes. I'll say I'm always a wee bit wary about Cosmic Ghost Rider being overused and becoming one of those Deadpool type characters, but I think you should give Destroyers Marvel history uh, a wee read. Yeah, it's maybe better than you think it would be. Maybe yeah, well. Um, Savage Avengers continues to number five. Jerry Dugan, Mike Dudato. I assume that's probably a six issue story arc. Yeah, we finish the next issue. Captain America. A wee bit underappreciated. I think Captain America by Tanahishi Coates is going to be one of those books that I maybe I'm going to have to pull out the issues again and just read right through. Uh-huh. I think that's going to read really fantastic as a trade. So the legend of the legend of Steve continues. Um, Usual beautiful Alex Ross cover. Yeah, absolutely mm-hmm. beautiful. Um, Chip Zdarsky's Invaders continues into the number nine. This makes me happy because for a long time we thought it was just going to be six yeah, issues yeah. and that was that. And it was so. maybe a celebratory mini-series for the 80 years, but no. it's been awesome. It's been really good. Yeah, so interesting. It's war as Nemo takes on Roxon. Uh, so Roxon are the, uh, the Marvel's, I guess they're one of the big corporations, the uh, fossil fuel and energy corporations. So obviously as Lord of the Sea... Uh, Namor is not a big fan of them they're always splitting things and doing bad things and so forth and so on meanwhile Captain American Winter Soldier recruit a classic invader in their attempts to bring Namor to justice and stop his infiltration of this world's government whoever will it be who's the classic invader please be Union Jack please be Union Jack probably <laughs> <laughs> Apocalypse Now inspired cover there uh, as well yeah. yep that, that was lost on me good job mentioned about it uh, Al Ewing's uh, Immortal Hulk continues to 23 great book absolutely fantastic book um, it looks like it's all coming together uh, final confront- confrontation between the new abomination and the Immortal Hulk um, very very cool very cool book um, can totally understand why it's getting the love it's getting uh, continues into uh, into number 24 um, True Believers month we've got a lot of Hulk books uh, True Believers are the Marvel's as I say one dollar editions yeah. or one pound editions so we've got a lot of early Hulk books uh, Professor Hulk Joe Fixit Grey Hulk Intelligent Hulk Mindless Hulk oh so these particular Hulk books are are highlighting a Devil Hulk Hulk 29 or highlighting the various personalities of Hulk which has been a 
a constant in, in the Immortal Hulk, the various personalities take control in which mm-hmm. Hulk is, you know, so those uh, that, that True Believers month highlighting all those various versions of Hulk is kind of cool that it links into you know, the current Immortal Hulk. Uh, Unite or Perish, the Ultron agenda. Um, Ultron's back. It starts here in Iron Man 16. Uh, so I guess we're going to have Ultron, who is now a, a combination of Hank Pym and Ultron, uh, return. And again, we've got that 2020 logo that's been yeah. following us for about um, three yeah. years. Well, I did uh, I did notice something about that earlier on. Um, if I can, if I can uh, find it, talk among yourselves for just a second. Can I? I'll just jump in. I noticed with um, old Immortal Hulk there, the director's cut has the first one came out yet? Nope, not yet. Because no. uh, I'd, I'd be really interested to see what they're like. Because there's, it's going to be one of six. Yeah, they're doing the first six these. issues. They're doing the first arc uh, with these director's cuts, which is going to have like different extras in them I believe the yeah. script's got I, I imagine it'll be a slightly more pared down version of Marvel's Annotated I don't think it'll be quite as in depth as that <laughs> but the first six Hulk issues have become ridiculously inflated price wise um, on the open market shall we say so I think that'd be a great way of getting into the series yeah, okay. um, yeah I'm going to be picking those up myself because I stupidly gave up my early copies of Immortal Hulk for oh, customers did you? yeah so wasn't me, was it? No. Okay. You were, you were one of the first to jump on it, so no, you were fine. Um, what is interesting is in the main previews catalog that uh, Halloween comic fest, the full size comics uh-huh. we were talking about earlier. I noticed under the Marvel comics, um, we've got a couple. We've got Miles Morales, Spider Man number zero, uh, showcasing Miles Morales' first appearance from Ultimate Comics Volume number four. We've got Ghost Rider, King of Hell, which uh, Johnny Blaze takes the takes the fight to hell. We got Star Wars Boba Fett one, but what is interesting is we got Iron Man, The Road to Iron Man twenty twenty, by Dan Slott, uh, Valerio Oshidi. The Road to Iron Man twenty twenty starts here. From the cusp of tomorrow's dreams to the forefront of imagination, one man always soars on the cutting edge of adventure. You know his name, Alan. You know his name. <sighs> no interest. <laughs> uh, Tony Stark is Iron Man, and Iron Man is an idea, always changing, always evolving. An idea without limit. The future is now. Strap in. Not even Dan uh, Slot can get me on that. Sorry. Can you uh, can you grab me up? Yeah, yeah, of course. Cool. Um, so yeah, that, and it's that. interesting though that that you know we we've seen that twenty twenty logo teasing for ages. Yeah. And then the first information for it is in a wee small section. Yeah, absolutely. In the comic fest. Yeah, and I, you know it's quite interesting. I didn't even notice so. Uh, the Ultron Agenda. Uh, we've, you know, you can have my copy. Of that it's fine. You're a, no you're, a you're a dead on sort of a guy. <laughs> uh, the Ultron Agenda. So it's uh, the you know they reintroduce Ultron periodically. Um, the Ultron Ultimatum or the Ultron Agenda, whatever it is. But he's and he's always a sort of terrifying character as he has been since his appearance in Secret Wars, yeah. in 1984. Uh, Watch out, Iron Man! The robot uprising of the Marvel Universe has begun. Uh, but it's not Ultron leading the charge it's Machine Man uh, the, AI, the AIs are on the attack and they might be in the right battle lines are being drawn and it's time for Tony Stark Jocasta Andy Bang and the rest of the cast to pick sides so interesting stuff Friendly Neighbourhood Spider-Man continues to 12 uh, we haven't seen Mary Jane Watson since number 1 and that's about to change with the all new MJ issue so this looks like we've got a, a, an MJ heavy issue um Superior Spider-Man 11 it's a great great wee series uh, we've got the return of the spider part Norman Osborn from Spider-Geddon uh, and uh, does auto stand a chance of 
stopping him or in fact living through this. Um, there was a great uh, the the War of the Realms tie-ins of Superior Spider-Man were were pretty interesting. Gwenpool appeared in them, annoying as she is. Uh, she has the same sort of breaking the fourth wall thing of uh, the Deadpool does, and uh, she understood that that they were in a crossover event, and that in fact uh, Superior Spider-Man was an ancillary issue on that crossover event. <laughs> I was complaining that Otto didn't understand his lack of significance in this event, you know. And so it was kind of interesting, but um, they they teamed up with the West Coast Avengers and. Uh, a lot of the Avengers, Reed Richards, you know, the Fantastic Four, knew that the Superior Spider-Man was an updated version of Otto, Octo- Otto Octavius, you know, Doctor Octopus. So it was kind of, mm-hmm. kind of interesting there. Um, Amazing Spider-Man uh, number twenty-nine: the aftershocks of Mary Jane's recent decision are felt through Spider-Man's life. We do not know what that recent decision is yet, but I'm sure Nick Spencer and Ryan Otley will tell us. Uh, <laughs> Covers a bit strange looking. Though. What is oh the isn't Spider Man one? The anatomy of that is not correct at all. The legs all over the place. Yeah, I know that's very Eric Larson, Todd McFarlane. Yeah, I'm kind of good with it. I don't know. It it's is, a little it's, strange. It's the the point of view from what you're seeing it. Yeah, yeah, and the fact that none of us could bend ourselves in that way. Uh, Miles Morales continues solid and Ahmed. Um, technically, it seems to be the 250th issue of. Uh, Superior of, of Miles or, Morales Spider-Man or a double barreled word that there's no way you're saying five times fast spider semi quincentennial well done practice that one semi quincentennial yeah semi quincentennial <laughs> okay it's that so it looks like we've got the return of uh, Spider-Man's uh, Ultimate Spider-Man's original bad guy um, Green Goblin good stuff Black Cat continues Ghost Spider Number two. Um, yeah, there's a relaunch for that happening in August. Right. Um, spider going go spider. The second series, uh, based spinning out of uh, the PS4 yeah. game, the yeah. story of the Velocity Suit by Dennis Hopeless Hallam. Um, so it's an original story. It is an original story, yeah. As opposed to City yeah. of War, which was sort of a, yeah. a retelling of the, the story of the game. Yeah, exactly. And there is a cover uh, by. Uh, Eric Larson celebrating the 80th anniversary of Marvel with the Amazing Spider-Man, uh, by Jerry Conway and Eric Larson, Mark Bagley, Eric Larson. Uh, I mean, Eric Larson was a big player in Amazing Spider-Man yeah. back in the nineties, so interesting to see him back. Um, Fantastic Four, uh, Dan Slott, he's really doing great stuff in the Fantastic Four, but of an underappreciated book. Again, it's good to see the Fantastic Four back where they back where they should be and again for the same reasons as the X-Men are, are hopefully going to be back where they where they should be um, Future Foundation is a, is a story spinning out of uh, a new series spinning out of uh, Fantastic Four based on the on the kids that were, were left behind Mark Wade's Invisible Woman will be at number three I'm really looking forward to the start of that next yeah. month it's an interesting catalogue this month because so many things are part way through or halfway through yeah. hmm. um Jane Foster, uh, Jane Foster Valkyrie. It's another one that hasn't launched just no. yet. Um, or Loki. These yeah. Marvel Tales series are good. They're sort of a collection of reprints of important issues. They tend to be sort of like seven dollars ninety nine, so about seven pound for the issues. But you get the equivalent of three, maybe four key issues in each. Mm-hmm. So far, they've done Thor, they've done Iron Man, um, they've done Black Widow. 
the next one out is actually Captain America, which I think launches actually tomorrow. Um, but they're really good value, and they're really uh, good look at the early years of the characters and key parts. That might be the first appearance of certain villains or just you know sort of key storylines. But and then it's always Jem Bartel doing the covers for them, doing brand new covers. So keep an eye out for those if you're ever looking to get into a character. Those are those are good starting points. Um, we've got Marvel's facsimile editions, uh, facsimile of Daredevil one eight on one eight one, the classic Frank Miller written and penciled uh, issue. Uh, the one that uh, had the real impact, the one where uh, Daredevil offs Elektra as part of uh, Born Again, wasn't it? The, uh, the story that redefined yeah. Daredevil, redefined modern comics, really, um, alongside Watchmen. Uh, spotlight on Son of Satan and Spider-Woman's origin, obviously, because they're part of that uh, Strike Force uh, issue. Um, this month, the next arc of Zdarsky's Daredevil story through hell begins uh, Matt struggles with his inner demons and his inner demon based on the cover seems to be Spider-Man <laughs> mm, yeah interesting which based after issue 5 yeah. with their confrontation is, is very interesting yeah absolutely uh, cool but again we, we've talked that series to death and for good reason because mm-hmm. it's utterly wonderful uh, Judy and Honorbound Detective Cole North continues hunting the vigilantes of New York his first target Spider-Man wow Okay. Um, yeah, working through Doctor Strange by Mark Wade uh, has been going great. Uh, he's really sort of building into what what's going to be a real memorable, um, real memorable Doctor Strange run. And this event is so huge that it makes this the last issue of Doctor Strange. What? <laughs> he doesn't like that. No, no, definitely not. Uh, uh, Silver Surfer Black will be a uh, penultimate issue. First issue, that was so good. Yes, uh, okay. What's going to we look at it by Donny Cates? Donny Cates is basically building his own little corner of the Marvel Universe. where like a cosmic corner? Yeah, Silver Surfer, it's related to co- the Guardians, it's related to Venom. It's uh, that first issue. I mean, I'm I'm a real sucker for Silver Surfer stories in general, but that was, that was a great first issue. Yeah, I thought I was going to jump off Guardians, but I'm still on it. I'm still on it. Looking forward to the next review show. We'll be talking about Silver Surfer Black Death. Cool. Really, really first, strong first issue. Um, <clears throat> he's really he's nearly rebuilding uh, what would have been an old Guardians team before the movie. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He's he's, he's building because the Guardians were always sort of a bit piecemeal, and uh, I think that's sort of what Donny Cates is, is doing. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, The Prodigal Son, number one, that's uh, chapter three of that. Yeah, Silver Surfer's part two and part one. Fantastic Four, yeah. uh, There we are, Old Man Quill. Was anyone following Old Man Quill? No, No. never got into it. Old Man Hawkeye was a good read. Yep, yep. Um, There's some annuals coming up in the Acts of Evil uh, series. Uh, I'll probably pick up Colin Bond's uh, Moon Another title. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Probably pick up his Moon Knight annual because Moon Knight. I quite um, fancy that rep, the Immortal cover, to be fair. Oh, yeah, yeah, That's absolutely, yeah. Uh, there's a Wolverine one. Uh, Punisher still going strong, will they ever stop? Um, uh, that's a title that's gets better and better, and they've just brought Wilson Fiskin to yeah, the issue yeah. 12. And that seems to be continuing through that's 15, awesome. the Battle of New York. You and can't Keith. fight City Hall, unless, of course, you're Frank Castle. He's done the cover. Uh, the cover is of Punisher is that Greg Smallwood it is indeed yeah Yeah. okay cool he's been doing Punisher covers since issue one of that run oh really yeah yeah. and who have we got on there we've got Moon Knight Black Widow Night Thrasher 
you listening, Kaylin? And Ghost Rider. <laughs> uh, cool. Uh, good stuff. We'll team up. Um, Alpha Flight True North by uh, Jim Zob, Jed McKay, and Ed Breeson. Great team of folks. Uh, Alpha Flight has the original Alpha Flight's always been a weakness of mine because it was, I guess, it was one of those things where you read a stray comic really early on and it always stuck with you. So uh, they were Alpha Flight, Canadians premier, Canada's premier superhero <laughs> team, the Canadian Avengers. Um, you know, with with links to the X Men, so uh, the likes of uh, Guardian, Puck, Sasquatch, um, Shaman, Snowbird, and um, North Star. Uh, and what do you call North Star's sister? Ah, uh, can't remember. Can't remember. You did well. I did. I did. Yeah. I'll, uh, you got seven more than I would have. Yeah, we're a little too close to the sun. <laughs> I, indeed. Indeed. Uh, that's going to annoy me. I'll uh, have to check that out. Anyway, original, original uh, Alpha Flight in a in a, a story, a one shot story, uh, forty pages. So looking forward to that. Cool. Uh, Chris Claremont and Bill there's a very boy um, who are who were a classic pair on on New Mutants are back for uh, a one shot uh, New Mutants War Children um, I just picked up the, uh, the the release of the Marvel Essentials from Demon, Bear, up saga, Demon yeah. Bear Saga so so yeah looking forward to is that, that the same creative team on that it is, is the same yeah. creative team um, so don't is this miss anything to do with that specific uh, storyline it's or? the same team obviously uh, same art uh, style I don't know if it links but I mean they they had a long run on New Mutants uh-huh. um, don't miss this momentous event as the legendary creators Chris Claremont and Bill Cinquet. Yeah, reunite with Magic Wolf being Cannonball, Cypher, Mirage, Karma and Sunspot to share this never before told story of the New Mutants past when Warlock experiences a nightmare, he begins going haywire, and it's up to his friends to save him. But as Warlock grows more frenzied, he should be worrying about being able to save themselves, and doubly so when Magic's inner demon, Dark Child, threatens to break free. Also, a special guest appearance by none other than Kitty Pride. They've been all that in 40 pages. Good luck. <laughs> if anyone can do it. Yeah, absolutely. Good stuff. Uh, penultimate entry into Deadman Logan's story. I know Vicky's really yeah. keen on that. I had not realised it was Ed Breeson writing that. Yeah. That's different. I might pick up that trade. Uh, okay, interesting. We can throw the single issues. Um, there's a double page spread in there with a really lovely, um, looks like it's CGI'd uh, pick of uh, a fiery chain held in a gloved hand that can only be Ghost Rider and the byline is Sinners Beware, October 2019. October, just in time for Halloween. Are we seeing Maybe we should check out the Halloween Comic Fest and uh, see if that gives well, away. Well, they have uh, Ghost Rider, <laughs> The Last King of Hell in there, yeah. which is a, a re-release, but I'd be really that would be really cool to see some Ghost Rider back full time. Uh, Conan the Barbarian, uh, still reading Conan. I still am, still loving it. Yeah, absolutely fantastic mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, Conan the Barbarian and... Uh, Edge of Conan Valeria I'm not on Savage Sword of Conan Jim Zob is taking over from Jerry Duggan Jim Zob's everywhere this month yeah uh, so he's taking over from Jerry Duggan at some point there um, must be for the second uh, the, the second story arc so uh, and Patrick Zercher Patrick Zercher and Arch and Arch what um, yeah uh, Star Wars Corner um, usually is a very quick uh, bypass for us but just noticed our boy Tom Taylor writing another couple of issues there on Angel Resistance, writing uh, Ray number one and Kylo Ray Ren number one. Two sides of the coin, really, aren't they? Yeah. Um, and I mean, I, I would say it's probably worth mentioning that 
the reason we we sort of glance by Star Wars Corner is not because we don't necessarily like Star Wars, although that last movie leaves a lot to be desired. Um, but it's because there's so much of it, yeah. and it's hard. It just seems hard to get into, you know. Uh, I would. I mean, yeah, you could probably pick it up anywhere, really. But but yeah, Tom Taylor Taylor's writing what is that four four, yeah. four one shots. Um, that might just be our way in. Yeah, absolutely. Edge of Resistance, Search for Skywalker, Dynasty of Doom, Devil's Apprentice, My Hero. I'm particularly interested in Snoke. In Snoke, because we never find out anything about him, and he looked like a kind of an interesting sort of a character. Um, okay, so four issues: Star Wars: Edge of Resistance, Ray number one, Kylo Ren number one. Supreme Leader Snoke number one and Rose Tico number one, all by the same creative team of Tom Taylor and Leonard Kirk. Interesting. Thirty-two page one shots each. Um, and segueing out of Star Wars Corner, <laughs> <laughs> and I think that is more or less us. There's a few omnibus editions and whatnot for their their early solicits. Um, a new printing of Daredevil. Brian Mike by Brian Michael Bendis, uh, omnibus hardcover, which was which collects uh, Daredevil sixteen to nineteen and twenty six to sixty. Uh, that was a fantastic uh, run on Daredevil, Man Without Fear. Uh, Brian Michael Bendis and Alex Maleev. That's not until January twenty twenty. The team uh, who are currently on Event Leviathan. Yep, uh, it's the first two of those released, uh, January and February. Yeah. Um, the, the hero of Hell's Kitchen is assailed as both civilian and superhero by a wave of his worst enemies, including the Owl, Mr. Hyde, Bullseye, Typhoid, and the King of the Kingpin of Crime. But it's the heart of the man without fear that gets the real workout, with not only the introduction of Mila Donovan, the woman he would marry, but also Black Widow, Electra, and Echo. Um, yeah, cool, cool stuff. So definitely a, a character character defining run, and that seems to collect those two omnibus editions. Hardcover seem to collect an awful lot of it. Uh, highly recommended uh, there uh, we're still getting into the original Hulk stuff the Peter David Hulk stuff the original uh, Conan stuff by Roy Thomas um, there's a hardcover there January 2020 the new Avengers breakout which was Brian Michael Bendis this is a Brian Michael Bendis love fest in the trades um, which was uh, new Avengers the 2004 new Avengers number one to six that's one of my favorite Avengers stories ever written um, it, uh, it it kicked off a new Avengers team uh, it's in the title uh, led by Captain America and Iron Man but included uh, Spider-Man and Spider-Woman and Wolverine and um, Doctor Strange and Luke Cage and it was really the start of the ascension of Luke Cage and you know into, you know it was a really great story six six fantastic issues if you if you have a chance to read them worth buying in, in hardback and David Fetch was the penciler so it looks gorgeous too um. Yep, I think I can more or less. Oh no, hold on, Major X is being traded. Uh, <laughs> well, the, well, the page before that is Cosmic Ghost Rider destroys Marvel history, which That's is a series that has a lot more heart to it than you might think. Okay. Um, right. it's been very tongue in cheek and a wee bit Deadpooly in places, but it actually has a lot of heart to it and a lot of interesting ideas. Um. So yeah, it's been a fun series, but yeah, they up the emotional ante in the last issue, All issue right. five. So and cool. then of course probably the trade of the month for any publisher. Trade of the year. 
It'll be up there. Spider-Man Life Story. Oh, yes, absolutely. Trade paperback, Sadarsky, Mark Bagley. Yeah, and that's soft cover. Um, that's a good price, 200 pages. Fantastic story. Not to be missed. I, uh, I'm i not interested in reading the blurb because I do not want to find out what's going to happen in the next two issues. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, just highly recommend it. Highly yeah. recommend it. Um, yeah, when it comes to our 12-hour end of year show... It will be talked about substantially, I'm sure. Oh dear God! <laughs> Get the um, bottles of whiskey. Six now. six months away. It's fine. Um, start preparing. Yep. Yeah, okay. Start. Start. Yeah. Um, Executioner's song. Um, X Men Milestones trade paperback by Scott Lobdell. We mentioned earlier. Uh, Peter David and Fabian Deziza. Uh, October two thousand nineteen. That was a great uh, X Men adventure, um, and I guess that's why it's included as a milestone. Uh, this is a story so big it took four titles to contain it. Um, so it ran across Uncanny X-Men, X-Factor, X-Men and X-Force. Uh, those were the golden days of X-Men when every title had an X in front of it. <laughs> <laughs> so when Cyclops and Phoenix are kidnapped and Cable seemingly assassinates Professor X, the X-Men, X-Factor and X-Force go to war with each other, witness epic battles beyond the globe, around the globe uh, and on the moon, which is beyond the globe as Mr. Sinister's solid plan of vengeance and apocalypse unfolds and major revelations are made about the true identities of Cable and its twisted doppelganger strife featuring blood, angst, sacrifice and great big guns as Marvel's mutant families <laughs> dance to the villain's twisted tune that was a great book, that was a great story so highly worth that Mutant X, second complete collection I've got the entire run um, on uh, in, in singles, Mutant X was a great story it was like havoc You know, Cyclops' brother was dragged uh, his mind was dragged into an alternative version of himself in this this twisted universe that was all kind of horror. Uh, so you had you had Havoc was the leader of the world's it wasn't a villain team it was a super team but they were all sort of horrific. Uh, Storm was a vampire uh, called Bloodstorm. Uh, Beast was this reptilian creature instead of the the furry simian self. Um, there was a few. It was a real twisted version of of the universe. It was really fantastic stuff. Yeah, really. Uh, hard Maggie wrote it all the way through uh, I must pull out my mid next again actually I'm getting excited <laughs> just thinking about it um, cool I think that is definitely me because we're at the end of the book <laughs> so, otherwise he would keep talking yeah so much for Marvel's going to be a short one nice. well it was really really <laughs> short uh, some cool stuff there actually yeah, there's actually more to that book than I sort of thought. More than I thought whenever I started. Yeah, we had mm. we we obviously keep the the books in the store at all times, and I've glanced through it several times, and I have to admit, there's more to it than I actually thought. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely more to uh, more to check out there than originally intended. So cool. yeah, good stuff. Once you get us uh-huh. can't stop. Yeah, that's it. So yeah, that pretty much brings an end to uh, another three-hour podcast um yeah as ever i mean any of this stuff uh, appeals to you um pop in the store um we can obviously get anything added to your pull list um i should say at this point as well just with pull lists as well as obviously being able to add anything to them um everyone is always welcome if there's things you're not enjoying you want to take off just pop in have a quick chat um it can be um titles can be dropped at a moment's notice it's certainly not a problem but just as long as we know and, and uh, as always, if you've got a pull list, then uh, be a decent person and uh, do Alan the favour and uh, pick it up occasionally. <laughs> yeah, so it's um, obviously, yeah, with pull lists, we like to give people full control over them. So, you know, whether it's 
Uh, if there's something you're not enjoying, just as I say, pop in or drop us a message. You know, we know life gets in the way sometimes. But uh, yeah, I mean, the store will only continue as long as people are enjoying what we're doing and picking up the titles that they pre-order and so forth. So um, pop in anytime. But uh, yeah, as ever, you can find us in Smithfield Market. Um, you can check out all the usual social media channels for the podcast and obviously through Facebook, Twitter and all the rest. I want to keep up with you boys. They go to... Um, you can go to Roddy McCants at Twitter, uh, Fracture Press at Twitter, Facebook, all that good stuff. I'm not really active on it, but sure, shoot me a message and see. Follow yeah. me anyway. I yeah. don't say anything. But <laughs> it's a like it's a. <laughs> I changed my I'm profile. Trying, I'm trying to get. I change my profile picture every so often. <laughs> no, I don't. I'm retweet coffee here and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's that's, that's pretty, much, need. pretty yeah. much what my Twitter profile at Ascanius yeah. on zero zero was is more or less for yeah. except for the odd wee political run um, yeah <laughs> so yeah pleasure as always boys uh, yeah, I'm sure you. it won't be too long before we're back for reviews and so forth reviews yep. is up next reviews will be up next and uh, we're going to get on our next book club as well which yes. I think I can announce will be the Magic Order or oh, Millar brilliant. and cool. Cupel so uh, and we're going to have Vicky involved with that one as well because she that was one of her favourite books of the year yeah, so it's fantastic we bit of a bit of urban fantasy always gets me excited yeah it? and we know how much Roddy loves another <laughs> urban Bloody fantasy, fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so uh, okay but yeah that's well, us I'm picking Transformers for my next you one. choose away it's <laughs> alright I'm going to pick Cornival <laughs> so Keith finally reads yeah you it. have to yeah give me a chance give me a chance for either that or Crisis on Infinite Earths maybe just because yeah. I think it'd be a good counterpoint to Secret, Secret Wars, Wars yeah. but, cool. um, uh, yeah. or if you have uh, as for our listeners have any other suggestions for upcoming oh, yeah. book clubs or uh, whatever, just just give us a holler on those social media channels. 100%. 100%. So, but yeah, in the meantime, that's the previews of the podcast for now. So, cheers to everyone for listening and uh, see you in store. See you later. Bye. I've been winging it my whole life, Alan. <laughs> <laughs> Roddy winging it my cans. Yeah. Well, I'm taking you home. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's... No, that's not going to end well. (laughs) Please don't put that on.